This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Until 10 before any of that, here is your news on Love Sport. On 558am, online, on your smart speaker, and on digital radio, this is Love Sport News. From the Sky News Centre at 7, flights at Heathrow Airport are getting back to normal after a drone sighting briefly shut a runway. Simon English reports. Britain's biggest airport has been working with police this evening after a device was spotted. It forced one runway to close with all departures suspended. Before Christmas, multiple drone sightings shut Gatwick's runway for days, affecting around 1,000 flights. After that, both airports announced they were investing millions of pounds in equipment to stop future chaos. Extra police are on duty outside Parliament tonight as tensions rise ahead of Brexit debates returning tomorrow. Officers have been briefed to intervene if campaigners shout more abuse at politicians. Yesterday, pro-EU MP Anna Subri was called a Nazi during a live TV interview. Deputy Assistant Commissioner Lawrence Taylor says they're reviewing the footage. Our role is to make sure that we facilitate people to protest and allow those views and to ensure that we balance the needs of everybody so that they can go about their daily life. That's both members of the public politicians as well as the protesters. More than 100 MPs have written to the police expressing concerns. MPs will vote on Theresa May's Brexit deal next Tuesday. They've been debating changes to the finance bill which would limit government spending if the UK leaves without an agreement. A 14-year-old boy and a woman have died after a car crash on the M58. The multi-vehicle collision happened near Wigan in Lancashire. A lorry driver has been arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving. Economy Energy has gone bankrupt. It supplied 235,000 customers with gas and electricity and becomes the ninth small energy firm to go out of business in the last 12 months. The industry regulator Ofgem says customers who are in credit will have their money protected. In sport, rivals Tottenham and Chelsea go head-to-head in the League Cup semi-finals later this hour. The first leg is being played at Wembley. Spurs secured a comfortable win over Chelsea when they met in the Premier League earlier this season. That's the latest. I'm Laura Safe. Known originally as the Glaziers, this club are far from fragile. They've been building their nest in Selhurst Park. And the Eagles are ready to swoop in and bring out the claws this season. It's the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport.
Good evening. You're listening to Love Sport Radio. It's the Crystal Palace fan show with Jake Watson and joined by Nick and DR from the back of the Nest podcast. First one, chaps, isn't it, of the year? It is. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. Is it, is it still okay to do Happy New Year? I know it's the first time we've seen each other, but at what point did it then get, actually it's the 8th of January now? Didn't they celebrate Christmas in Russia yesterday? I don't know. I think they did, so yeah. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. But when's, it, when's acceptable? When, when do you, when you officially stop saying Happy New Year? I think next week. I yeah. Think, yeah, this week you're fine, but after next week... You DR decides. Stop saying it. Yeah. It's still so acceptable. That, so yeah, it's Happy New Year to you and to all <laughs> Did you have a good one, chaps? Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Very I was good. ill. Last two weeks of December, I was ill. Like, are you only always this week. ill? No, no. There's always yeah. something. Wait, when I, when I last came here, I was yeah. ill then. And only, I think, uh, last weekend, uh, my illness went. So I was mm. ill throughout the new year. Just as this trend, Nick, with DR, every time he's in, but, something's wrong. And whether yeah. it's an illness, just, he's, he's oh, never oh, just... Oh, oh, Dr. Yeah, you never <laughs> ask DR, how are you, man? He's like, yeah, fine. Wait till he's never. Ne- wait till he's nearly fifty like me. Yeah. He's gonna be moaning all the time. Yeah, next week I should be fine. Hopefully, but, yeah. hopefully, mate. Fingers crossed. <laughs> touch wood. <laughs> did we go to the football over the Christmas period? I went to. A, I can't remember who did we play over Christmas. I went to a <laughs> Chelsea game that we lost. That was sort of yeah. Christmas-y, so you had, you had Chelsea. Uh, we lost one nil. Um, you ruined my accumulator when you beat Wolves, which is obviously a great result. Um, yeah. And then obviously had Grimsby the other day. The, there's the last three. And aren't Cardiff, mm. which I didn't go. To, I had to go to my mother's for Christmas and uh, it was better I think going to my mother's than going to a <laughs> But how do you feel about the Christmas period and, and all the games? I know it's it's hard, isn't it? Obviously, when you've got to balance it between family commitments, but there's a lot of them. Some people love it. Some people would kind of rather not have it on over Christmas. It depends who you really face. Um, Boxing Day against Cardiff. It was just I was not really I was I was. Pla- I was like thinking about should I really go to the game mm. and it was a nil-nil it really depends on who you face maybe if it was against Brighton then I would look forward to it but nah, I'm not, I don't really fancy it over the mm. Christmas period I do like a Boxing Day game mm. see for me it's proper t- tradition it doesn't matter who you it play is. you know you could be playing Leicester against Leicester reserves I'd still go along on Boxing Day it's kind of the but, thing you do with the family but my mum's in her 70s and I get the oh, it could be my last Christmas kind of guilt oh, trip no. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what do you do? <laughs> Go to the football, Nick. That's what you do. So yeah, so let's talk about some of those results. I think Cardiff is a little bit far away now, but I suppose the 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 overlying underlying problem really that jumps out is a lack of goals again. Yeah. Um, Sixty-six shots in the last three home games. Is it? Is it? And three goals or two goals? And how many of them were penalties from Milinkovic? <laughs> Yeah, one. Because yeah. this is the thing with, with Milojevic, we was just saying before the show starts, he's a brilliant player, but every single time you see his name on the score sheet, apart from when he scored against Leicester, obviously, um, <laughs> Typical. of course, yeah. exactly, yeah. It's, it's a penalty. I mean, he's a brilliant player, but he's, he's becoming such a, a reliable, but maybe too much so to the point that, you know, if, if, if you're not going to win a penalty and Zaha's not going to score, where else are the goals coming from? I was going to say we could rely on Jason Punction, but he's gone out on loan because he's yes. brilliant at penalties. Mm. And we'll, we'll, we'll do January transfer window chat yeah. later on in the show. We, we've obviously got two hours. There's been, of course, sort of yeah. heading out I was, on loan uh, today. I was referring to his horror penalty against Spurs. Oh, was right. that very early on in our Premier League 
tenure. What Jason Punchin? Oh yeah, yeah the, one, the, the one that the, blew out the stadium. I was going to say he started it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and it's it, you know reports suggest it's still going now. It's catching up with Voyager. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be this uh, thing flying over Heathrow. That's yeah. what it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, Wolves, what a great result! What it, a great result! It was, and we were dominant, but we really didn't create as much chances up front um, Ayu oddly enough he didn't have his greatest games at Palace Him, his first touch was missing but then that one chance he got he finished it and mm. from then on uh, we went on to score a penalty and win 2-0 comfortably but yeah it was it was a weird game because during the game there were, there were fans that, that were actually chanting um, sub 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 to Roy Hodgson so it's, it's really telling that he stick by it and yeah. we managed to get the 2-0 victory so which Considering Wolves's Wolves's Wolves other results, <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I when I stuck Wolves on my accumulator, I wasn't thinking, oh, they're going to you know trounce, you know, Palace are going to roll over. It's going to be a really easy win. But I mean, Wolves have impressed, and they are a very very good side. Not many teams this season will go to Molyneux and and win two nil. I mean, you say Dr. Maybe not the most convincing and maybe not um, the most exciting of, of spectacles but to go to Wolverhampton Wanderers and, and keep that side out you know, not letting them score is a really really impressive result I think anyway yeah um, especially um, in the first half they had two great chances with uh, headers from corners mm. and they missed the opportunity but it was, it was, it was. I don't think Palace fans really expected the game to go as it did. Um, we expected more from Wolves. Wolves just sat back and just let Palace play the football. Yeah. So that was really surprising. But the week before that, Wolves beat Tottenham at Wembley. So it was a great result for us against a great club. And you look at their squad; they've only got promoted. But some of the players they have there is just incredible for a side that's been promoted. So that was a fantastic boost for us. And a lot of the teams that get promoted are keeping the core team, aren't they? Except for maybe Fulham this year. And Cardiff. Yeah. But, um, so they've, they've got the impetus, haven't they? And, and they've got the core squad like we had when we first went up. Um, it was mainly the players that took us up. Mm. So they were still a, a strong team, strong squad that, that knew each other inside out. Another encouraging thing against Wolves was that Wilf went out wide once again, uh, and we really haven't seen that much um, so far this season, so that was a positive, but yeah, fine margins, great result, and we went on to face Grimsby, which we got another result, but that wasn't the best of games. <laughs> no, we'll do Grimsby again in, yeah. in a little while, but how much <laughs> there is to, to talk about, that is one of those games, isn't it, unfortunately? But yeah. as you say, you're in, the, you're in the hat for the fourth round, so yeah. that is the most important thing. But Di, you mentioned there at the, the Wolves game the chance for Roy Hodgson to, to make some substitutes. Um, how, how big of a deal is this becoming? Because it is somewhat odd um, for you to win the game and for results over the last couple of months have, have improved to, to be on the manager's back, I suggest. Well, you look at the... Well, I don't... Uh, look at the Grimsby game. Um, there's, there were so many players out there that haven't played so much uh, football so far this season. Yeah. And it affects them because they really didn't have any chemistry on the pitch. And that's the problem. He really... I don't think he trusts the players he has on a bench and you look at some of the players you could say okay I don't think you know even I don't think he would do a decent job but there's players out there like Punchin who managed to go but that's what I'm saying he should he should play more players um, to build up chemistry um, some players are getting knackered I think James MacArthur He's played every game so far this season, apart from the Grimsby game last game. So you have to manage the, your plays correctly, and it worked out in the end. 
but still, I'll, I'll still stick by that point. Mm. Okay, well, we'll continue yes. to talk about that 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 issue with substitutes yeah. and Roy Hodgson. And of course, um, Palace fans, if you're listening this evening, please do get in touch. Um, are you frustrated with Roy Hodgson? Do you think he should be making more substitutes? And do you think he should be doing it at a different time? Do you think, like DR, he doesn't perhaps trust uh, the rest of his squad? 0208 70 20 558 is the number that you need to call this evening. one until 9pm. Love Sport, 558 AM. Love Sport. I work for AspokesmanSaid.com. We can help you save money on your home insurance. All you need to do is visit AspokesmanSaid.com and find out if we can find you a better deal. It's the Brian Moore Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Gray. These are all young guys. They're all under 30 for the most part. They're all in the early stages of their life as, as humans, as adults. There's not a lot of maturing being done. Whatever you like, people in their 20s are basically idiots. Look at me. You're but, never in your 20s. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have been for a while. You've had your hard life. <laughs> it's the Brian Moore Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. Join the pack weekdays from 3pm on Love Sport. Have you had enough of extortionate energy bills? A spokesman said could help you find the cheapest energy deals on the market. Don't take our word for it. There's hundreds of spokesman said customers who've saved big. Brian from Derbyshire saved £400 on his energy bills. And Tony from Northampton saved a massive £2,800 on his gas and electric. A spokesman said.com, the leading price comparison site where you can switch to the cheapest energy tariffs on the market in just minutes. A spokesman said.com, fighting for you, saving you money. 558 AM Love Sport. Welcome back, Love Sport Radio, the Crystal Palace fan show, DR and Nick from Back of the Nest podcast, joining me in the studio until 9pm this evening. Um, just quickly, there is a Carabao Cup semi-final game um, tonight, 7.45 kick-off. I'm just going to run through some of the team news, and I suppose the big one, I'll go straight to it, is that Chelsea's Callum Hudson-Odoi does start, um, despite those links and those rumours which continue to persist with a move to Bayern Munich, apparently tabled a £35 million bid for a player who's never even started a Premier League game. Fancy that, hey? So the Chelsea team is Kepa, Aspilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger, Alonso, Jorginho, Kante, Barkley, William, Hazard, and then Hudson, Adoy. And for Spurs, is Gazaniga in goal, Trippier, Alderweireld, Sanchez, Rose, Winks, Sissoko, Eriksen, Deli, Son, and Kane. Two very strong sides indeed. So when that game kicks off and when the goals go in, I'll let you know. Um, so chaps, let's continue that chat about um, kind of, not necessarily um, the Wolves game, but kind of the, the larger discussion point of of Roy. Um, because a couple of months ago, when things weren't going particularly brilliantly, not awful, mm. th- there was a certain section, and again, not a majority, but there was kind of starting to question Roy Hodgson. Now, imp- results have improved, okay? And I don't think that Crystal Palace are in trouble now in terms of relegation. I think there's clearly, yeah. clearly at least three sides weaker than Palace. So so kind of what is the issue then at the moment with, with Roy? Why is there why is there a certain degree of discontent in the stands at the moment, do you think? Just game management. I think that's really it from um, now on. You look at our defensive side of things, we've kept, oh, I think we're in top five in clean sheets kept so far this season. So that's all fine. But it's resulted in, in us not scoring that many goals. Mm. And also you look at 
uh, our substitutions he hasn't been you know he hasn't really used as much as substitutions as he sh as, as he could and I think that's what fans are frustrated about sometimes when it's not going especially against the Chelsea game where Wilfred Zaha was isolated throughout the game and he only changed it about in, in the 70th minute mm. what's the point you know it's, it's too late now so it's just, it's just the game management side of things I think that's what fans are really frustrated about but with Roy I don't think we've got any game changers on the bench anyway mm. but uh, like Jason Punch and I know he I know uh, he went to Huddersfield now but I thought he was decent in pre-season and I wasn't a massive Jason Punching fan before his injury uh, but you know bring him on um, bring, to uh, do what he's, no no offence to Jason Punction, but he's a shadow of what he used to be I don't think in the, in the brief appearances that he made he actually made that much difference but he's a decent squad player no, the players out there are not doing anything are not doing anything we're not creating any chances uh, especially against the Chelsea game so why not change it about and bring on Punching or something where you could actually go for it but he just Roy what, what Roy tends to do is just keep it as it is and hope for the best and I think that's it it will work against um, teams like Wolves, but it's not going to happen every game. Mm. Um, most games, you're going to end up losing. Uh, so, so Nick, are you not frustrated? Are you not, are you not seeing the same things and thinking he needs to do something else? Or do you think, you know, you, you kind of back your manager, you, you kind of understand why he's, he's, he's acting this way? Yeah, I, I think it goes beyond the game management um, within the game. I think it's, it's more to do with, with the tactics. I mean, if, if we look at the Chelsea game... Mm. It was obvious that we were going for a nil-nil, and there there didn't seem to be an answer once we'd gone one nil down. And it, it was one of the dullest games I think I've ever been to because we we put no real pressure on them, did we, dear? No, none at all. And that's the thing: uh, you put no pressure on them. You go one nil down, but it still takes you ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes to make a substitution in the second half. That's 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 what's annoying. I think that's what annoyed me personally. I know some fans were annoyed the fact that he shot he started uh, Jeffrey Slop instead of Max Meyer against Chelsea, but against Man City, um, Max Meyer did start. But it's still that, that formation worked. So I was not frustrated with how he started. But if it's not working, then change it about. Don't keep doing the same thing and hope for the best. Mm. It will work against uh, you know one one in ten games like we saw against Wolves. But for the other games like Chelsea, you're taking our best man uh, Wilf out of the game and you're not changing about to adapt to it, uh, and mm. make sure he plays his best. But, but looking at that and picking up on your guys' points about perhaps not trusting the rest of his squad and the players that aren't in his starting eleven. I mean. How long has, has Roy been there in the sense of how many transfer windows has he had and how much money has he, has he had to be able to really stamp his mark on that squad? Because at the end of the day, if these players on the bench and in the reserves are players that he didn't buy, then you can't blame him for, for not kind of wanting them and trusting them. Do you know what I mean? This isn't a situation where Roy has gone out and bought these players and then has decided that they're not good enough or he doesn't want them. These were never his players. Solov was. Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's fair enough. But the rest of them, they're not his signings, are they? So you can't be frustrated with him for not rating them. But still, uh, you have to still give them a chance. If it's not working, you, uh, so what? Are we not going to use any substitution because he didn't buy the players? 
I'd, I'd suggest like, that you, you need to give him more, more transfer windows. And, and if, we, if we're talking about having to wheel and deal and not having a huge amount of cash and being really restricted because of the wage bill that he's inherited, then he is restricted in terms of what he can then do in terms of bringing in personnel. So he's probably just going to need a little bit more time and you're probably going to have to be a little bit more patient and maybe judge him next season when he's had another maybe couple of transfer windows. Is, is that unfair? But I don't think, I don't think uh, more transfer windows will solve the problem because it seems like Roy isn't as involved uh, by what he said um, has said in press conferences. Mm. Um, it seems like the transfer business is up to more Steve Parrish and Doug Friedman, and uh, I think we've adopted a similar approach to Newcastle in a way, where the manager just uses the place he's got, and he's not really involved in transfers. So I think I don't think Roy's really involved in transfers by what he said, so anyways. Which so. is silly because obviously he's the one moulding hmm. the team. I mean, they've got to have a say, haven't they? I don't yeah. buy that completely because this is often a case, isn't it, when directors of football in particular get criticised and and they say, well, what is the link between the manager? It happened obviously a fair amount with Chelsea last year, didn't it? And we were talking about you know, who is ma- who is making these signings, who is responsible for them. There are conversations. It but- has to get signed off by the manager. You know, if a manager was like, "No, I really don't want him," they wouldn't sign the player. Yeah, I think. Well, that's I. I don't know if that's hundred percent a fact. But that's my assumption from how he's commented on transfers. Um, even uh, I think it was before the Grimsby game where we were linked with one player, and he said, "I've never watched Sunderland. I've never seen him play. You have to ask the scouts and everything." Was that the striker, Magic? Yeah, yeah, Magic, yeah. So it's just I don't know. It's just it's all a bit weird the way he comments on transfers. It seems like he doesn't know much. Um, about what's going on mm. and that's a bit worrying because you want your manager to get plays that's best suited to him you, you see other managers at different games don't you so yeah. they, whether they attend a game every night of the week I know Steve Koppel used to go to lots and lots of matches I don't know whether whether um, a man does I don't think no, I don't think Roy does. No. I don't know. I haven't seen him anyways. Normally with managers you might see a bit uh, you know posts on social media but I haven't seen any I don't think of Roy since he has joined Pilots going to other teams to watch him play. Yeah, no, interesting point, uh, chaps. And yeah, it certainly makes you think, doesn't it? You know, what what is Roy doing in the week? Is he scouting teams? Is he looking at players, or does he leave that all to his backroom staff? Um, you are listening to Love Sport Radio. It's a Crystal Palace fan show. Show o two o eight seventy twenty five five eight is the number. Um, very shortly, we're going to be speaking to Robert Warlow from Football London. We're going to be speaking to him about the Grimsby game, some transfer news, and look ahead to Watford. But before that, we'll continue to chat to Dr. and Nick here in the studio about those last games against Wolves and Grimsby. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. For quick reply, affects your concentration and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Think. Put your phone away. When looking for the best possible deal for his car insurance, Jim went on the spokesmansaid.com and saved hundreds. I'm Jim. I'm a radio presenter based in Glasgow. I couldn't believe how expensive the car insurance for our Citroen C4 Picasso was going to be from my existing insurer. I went on a spokesman said and saved an incredible £600. Just amazing. Signing up to a spokesman said, best thing I could have done. Find quotes from over 100 leading insurance providers at a spokesmansaid.com. Getting real people, real savings. Compare, switch and save with a spokesmansaid.com. The Novotel London Blackfriars, the official hotel partner of Love Sport. Located just minutes away from the city and London's famous South Bank. You can kick back and taste the flavours of the world at the Jamboree Bar and Grill and enjoy all the sights of London in style. The Novotel London Blackfriars. 1.7 seconds. It's over in a flash. This is the average view time of a video ad on a mobile device. Money worth spent, don't you think? Mark Pritchard, Chief Brand Officer of Procter & Gamble, the world's biggest advertiser, has said that digital ads are annoying people with too much frequency. So, digital media, stick your algorithms up your... Anyway, radio is different. The average listener tunes in for over 21 hours every week. Your potential customers are listening right now. Grow your business with Love Sport Radio. Imagine what it's like to be a road worker on a motorway. Please drive carefully through Roadworks. Love sports. So we're talking about Wolves and Grimsby, the last two games for Crystal Palace here on Love Sport Radio. So quickly want to, I want to round up finish off the Wolves chat let's talk about Jordan Ayew because that was a lovely goal um, somewhat fortuitous in the sense that I think it was Ivan Arnholt who shot crossed yeah. or however it happened he meant it yeah whatever <laughs> it was um, Ayew controlled it superbly and then slotted it in to the back of the net there were, there were question marks whether it was offside and there were question marks whether Ivan Arnholt was shooting or how it, it doesn't matter but the control and the finish was Premier League quality that's You've been waiting for that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It was so it was so weird because IU that game was pl- was playing really badly. Mm. His touch was not there. He was running out of the pitch with do the you, ball. Do you think he's trying too hard? I don't think he's trying too hard. I just uh, do you think it's a nerve thing? He knows he's got to perform, so he can't. It could be a nerve thing because um, you could, you saw his reaction after he did score the goal. He nearly it, broke down. Exactly. He did broke down his yeah. tears pretty much. Yeah, didn't so he? maybe you know he was uh, nervous. But that first touch was fantastic, and that mm. goal and one game after he scores against Grimsby as well and that's the thing and you, you say sometimes strikers it is a thing you can try too hard and now he's got that kind of monkey off his back as you saw he then goes and scores the next week now whilst he's been relegated the last two seasons in the Premier League <laughs> yeah. he's actually been one of the better performers in those sides and he has been a, a fairly fairly decent return in terms of goals so you know when Palace are looking for a goal scorer now we're not suggesting that are you here is, is the answer to all your, all your prayers no but certainly a player who can contribute yeah, this is what I expected from Ayu. But uh, he's, he's, he's delivered it, I think, um, four months late. 
that's the thing yeah it's it's just funny how it's happened days before we potentially send him back isn't it so is this a rumor yeah, I think it was before he scored. Mm. And now that Sorloth has Sorloth off, I, I don't think Ayu will leave. Surely that means that, that there's there's no way Ayu will be allowed to leave this year unless um, Roy's got a couple of strikers ready to, to sign on the dotted line. Well, he said uh, Roy. I think the other day he said that as long as uh, our goal remains to get as high up the table uh, as we can and away from the relegation zone, then I would rather go with what I've got. So this doesn't seem like Roy's really. Um, looking forward to the transfer window and getting mm. plays in so I don't think Ayu would leave I think we'll keep him now he's got two goals um, he's got a bit of confidence and hopefully yeah. can kick on and we'll get your take as well on Slanky later on in the in the next hour of the yeah. show but let's talk about Grimsby as well because we, we've not really and um, we'll start with the red card interesting um, it was only a couple of minutes in it was missed by the official initially um, Townsend stayed on the ground was, yeah. was far from happy with, with the tackle and made the referee go check VAR he had a look and the player got sent off um, what was your take on that whole situation well at first because I was in the home styling so I was completely bemused I, mm. I, I thought the ref had let play carry on yeah we were, we were going forward then I saw the ref go back and give Fox the yellow card and then I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I, don't, I looked at Twitter on my phone, and then <laughs> the next thing I know, a big cheer's gone up, yeah. and the player's been sent off. Now, as far as I know, I thought it was dissent. I thought he was protesting against the yellow card, mm. and he's, he's just been a bit mouthy with yeah. the ref. Yeah. So, for the crowd, and this is my anti, because I don't like VAR, yeah, hate it. I know, you've called up and yeah. told yeah. us. <laughs> um, for the For the... For the money-paying people who go to the game for the experience, I wasn't impressed. Mm. It w- wasn't until I got home that I found out that it was a VAR decision. But did they get the right decision, though, Nick? They did, but... And it helped your team win the game? That- Not really. Well, I think it did. I'd rather play against another team with one less player for well, yeah, almost yeah, the entire I know, game. But <sighs> Look, I get your point with it, but... I mean, it's worked for you in this occasion, and it was the right decision. But I think the, the way it was done uh, mm. wasn't the correct way. Like, we, us as fans, inside, I didn't have a clue. I just saw a red card, and I was like, what is going on? You just gave him a yellow card, and mm. the play went on. So I think in, in the stadium, they need to, uh, in a way, let fans know in a better way. Like, we, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue that they actually did go to VAR and check it. So that's the problem with it. And the fact that there wasn't a screen in the ground, it was done by somebody remotely... In a nice warm room somewhere. There was screen. There was a screen. Where? Where was the screen? Uh, it was okay. next to the bench. I think. Yeah, it was next no, to the bench. But, well, the ref didn't go over there and look. I, that's what I'm, I don't know. I can't, like, that, there it wasn't was, the screen. I'm telling you, DL. There wasn't the screen there. So you've you've got this bloke in a warm room somewhere. Yeah. No, it's, it's and a, it, it might be you know who, who's the betting company we're with. Who knows what's going on? It, I, I, it's a fair point, but it has been raised on many occasions, and obviously at the moment they are still trying it. This will change. This will change, and what we need to focus on because you know whilst it is important to include the fans that do know what's going on but ultimately the most important thing is that they get the decision correctly which they did do they did but it won't always be like that like people need to realize i was was speaking to dom um, before we came here um that 
with, with VAR, the referees just they have another look at the situation. You may have a different take to the referee, and like the referee may give him a yellow card, and you may think it's a red card, for mm. instance, because that has happened with other sport and yep. in other leagues as well. So that's what people need to realize that VAR does not perfect anything; it just helps the ref. And I think it needs to be there because with mm. the pace of the Premier League, the, the refs need help. And there's some there's certain games where we've got away with it, but there's certain games we've lost yeah. some points due and, to it. And again, I, I think you make some good points, Diab. But again, what is what is important to remember here is of course the referee is still the one that makes the decision when he looks at the screen okay but the most important thing again we need to remember is is that basically VAR it means the referee is not going to be guessing anymore you know he hasn't got a split decision to make a decision which could ultimately cost a team a game you know a promotion a relegation Mm. he can go look at a screen see it slowed down see it again so even if at the end of it you think he's got that decision wrong a qualified man, far more qualified than you and I, mm. has seen that decision again, and that's his decision. So at least you then know that, it, you know, you have to accept that. You have to. Yeah, you have to, but uh, I'm, I'm not against, I'm, I'm not it, against it, it, Nick. <laughs> but it wasn't the ref doing it, it was a bloke in a room. The ref didn't look at a screen. If the, re- if the ref had looked at the screen and but seen... He's not it just a random again. bloke looking at a screen. No, I know, <laughs> I know a qualified this. referee as well. I know this, but you've got somebody in another room... Mm. That's not on the field of play. That's affecting what's happening on the field of play. I, d- I don't. I don't like it. But okay. So if that changes, they put a screen and you can see that happening. You can maybe hear like you do in rugby. Would you then be okay with it? More okay, but I'll never be happy with it because football's all about bad decisions and good decisions. And you take that away from it, you're taking part of the beautiful game away. Okay. Well, we'll leave VAR there because <laughs> we could do that for another hour and a half. But that's what we've got left in the show. Um, up next, we're going to be speaking to Robert Warlow from Football.London, uh, who's the Crystal Palace correspondent. We'll be talking to him about a whole host of things and chaps. I'm sure you've got a few questions for him as well. It's the Brian Mall Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Gray. Mm. But obviously, you've not got kids. You don't understand that. And then why would you? Yeah, and it's not relevant. Yeah. But if he's missing that, and the thing is, he does. They, they only are at that sort of age for a little while. Mm. And it's very soon they become manipulative, cynical, horrible <laughs> little people who contrive in any way possible with blackmail emotionally, physically, and everything to get whatever they want. They are the, the worst sort of or best negotiators in the world because they are totally unscrupulous. <laughs> they are immoral. It's the Brian Mall Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. Join the pack weekdays from 3pm on Love Sport. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. We're Bell and Sperling. Listen to our comedy countdown at kickoff. Every Saturday from midday to 2.30. It's bonkers. It's crazy. Nah, no, it's mental. It's all about geezers. Nah, no, it's all about football. We've got Posh Boy, our sidekick. He does all the stats for the team news. Oh, he won't like a sidekick. Might he? No. Oh, he's a geezer. No, he's very posh. Oh, we're geezers. Listen to Bell and Sperling's comedy countdown at kickoff. Every Saturday, midday at 2.30. On, on Love Sport. 
Don't get caught out by rising energy bills this winter. Leading price comparison site, a spokesman said, can help you save money in just minutes. Plus, sign up to a spokesman said to get the latest super cheap collective energy deals. These offers are such great value, they aren't even available direct from the energy companies. Savvy customers have saved over £10 million from collective energy deals. Go to aspokesmansaid.com and you could be saving big money on your bills. Aspokesmansaid.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. Love sport. Are you fed up with the rising cost of your energy bills? Using the free price comparison site, aspokesmansaid.com, could save you big money. Go to aspokesmansaid.com to see just how much you can save against your current energy tariff. Plus, if you sign up for the newsletter at aspokesmansaid.com by Tuesday night, you'll be sent the very best collective deals on the market. Savvy customers have saved over £10 million on their bills by signing up for super cheap energy collective deals not offered direct by the suppliers. Check out aspokesmansaid.com and you could end up saving big money on your bill. With a spokesman said.com, fighting for you, saving you money. Okay, welcome back. The Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Nick and DR from Back of the Nest. Joining myself, Jake Watson, till 9pm for this one, and then QPR afterwards, 9 till 10. Uh, delighted to say I've got Robert Warlow on the phone now. Uh, Crystal Palace's correspondent for Football.London. Robert, good evening. Good evening. Um, so, where should we start? Should we go with... Um, we'll just have a, a nice little VAR debate, actually, Robert, in, in the studio before you joined us. Um, obviously, you've d- a direct kind of correlation and discussion to that incident um, for Palace against Grimsby. Do you think it was the right decision and a good thing to have it? I think it was the right decision. Um, I know, you know people will say so early in the game, but if it's a bad tackle, it doesn't matter if it's the first minute or the last minute, really. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a bad tackle. And... If, if the referee had seen it in normal time, as, as he, you know, as he perhaps would have done it with, the, with the benefit of a replay, I think he probably might have made a different decision. And that's obviously that's where it's, you know, it does benefit the referees having someone else looking at it in, in their ear to say, mm. "Hang on, you need to look at that again," or you know, you've made the wrong call there. It should be a red rather than a yellow. I mean, it is obviously unfortunate for Andrew Fox, the, the, the Bergamasi player, but I think the right decision did, you know, was made in the end. Yeah. We've got uh, a tweet in from Patrick, our American correspondent out there in New York. Um, (laughs) At Nick Gusset, VAR is the future, mate. It's not beautiful to watch matches that are poorly officiated. There we are. So, Rob, it's just the only issue, really, like Nick says, that we don't know what's going on. What? Because there was a big delay. What you said it was four minutes. About four minutes, yeah. yeah. And us in the ground didn't have a clue. Yeah, I think that's the problem. You know, people who are in the ground don't have the benefit of being able to see it on a screen and you know a bit blind about it and what's happening what's going on I think it, you know, obviously not just for the Paris game at the weekend you saw it with others I mean what happened at Burnley was that people were, were critical of that with the, you know the referee changing his mind as Matthew Vidra is about to take a penalty and saying actually no it was offside I mean it was the right call but it seemed a bit silly that it got to that stage where he's about to take a penalty and then they come to a decision hang on a minute we've got that one wrong we need to change that so I think it's one of those things that will be ironed out in time. I think ultimately you want referees to get to the right decision if, if they can, if they've got the technology, why not use it? 
Mm, no, absolutely. Uh, Robert, we'll, we'll go on to, to speak to you about some transfers very shortly and also look ahead to the Watford game. Um, but there was some, some news during the week regarding the Palace goalkeeper, Wayne Hennessy, and I've got to ask you about it. Uh, the Football Association are now looking into this salute, which was um, on, well, alleged salute, I should say, um, it, it, on this Instagram post. So what was your take on this situation? It's perhaps a, a little bit unfortunate um, attention for the club, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. But go on, Nick. Go I do on. think the only person or the only people that know what actually happened is Wayne and the people around him and mm. all this speculation. People haven't got a clue, but they're talking like they know. Yeah, it is strange because you don't want to, you know, downplay something. You also don't want to create a storm when, you know, maybe there isn't one. It's a really tough one to, to, to discuss, but, you know, it kind of has to be. You know, I do question, I almost think that, you know, Wayne would have actually been better off saying nothing at all, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, the the tweet he sent out as an apology did did seem a bit mm. bit weak, but there have been photos on on social media of him doing exactly the same thing, shouting to the to teammates on the pitch. Yeah, arm held out, and he's shouting with his a- hand um, held. The whole hand held yeah, up, yeah. which which a lot of players are doing now. Anyway, of course. But I mean, whether you do that when you're having your picture yeah, taken no, yeah. in a restaurant, <laughs> yeah. um, Nick, is maybe a completely different case altogether. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. To that um, Robert, let's talk about some transfers and uh, um, a sad one, I think. But maybe it had to happen. Johnny Williams has, has finally left the club. Yeah, I think I know he's, he's a fan favourite, but it hasn't. I think he's probably been on the cards for some time now. He's, he's had so many loan spells and so many injuries. You've got to feel sorry for the guy. He's, you know, it's just not quite worked out. I mean, it, there was obviously, there's obviously that potential that people saw when you know Paris had that promotion-winning season. He was a, a big part of that that team that year and played in the final at Wembley. Um, I think people, you know, hoping that he would then be a big part of the future. But like I say, he's, he's had so many injuries and so many things that you know off the field going in, in terms of being away on loan and, and then coming back and it's not quite worked out with different managers and he's, he's just never been in favour and I think for him it's the, the, probably the best move now for his his own career to try and you know have a start somewhere else he's going to have 17 years at Crystal Palace and understandably everyone you know there's, there's that affection for him and he's got the affection for the club but I think a fresh start is probably it's probably time for him um how he gets on um, he's, he's obviously had spells in League One in, in the Championship I think he could play in the Championship you know I think that would be certainly a level he'd be comfortable at but 
championship promotion. You never know that he could be in the championship this time next year if you know he he, he gets helps to get up and then extends his deal. I mean, we've seen in the past when he was playing for Wales in their route to the semi-finals, you know, in, in the European Championships, he was actually he played four games that in, in the tournament and. Mm. You know, he did a good job for them. So I think there's definitely still that talent there. He's obviously had so many setbacks, and you just you just wish him well, really. Yeah, no, and that's the thing that jumped out to me, uh, chaps. Um, Johnny's jumped, jumped, gone down to, to to League One. Are you surprised and that he's gone down to League One? And also, are you sad to see him go? Yeah, I'm. I'm very sad to see him go. But I think at the time, you know, it has come for Johnny. Unfortunately, injuries has really ruined his career. And um, you know, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Charlton, uh, I hope him the best there because he's a very nice guy. You even saw the tribute video um, at. You know, which Palace posted on the social media account. Um, he, he, the club means so much to him, and fans respect him for that. So, yeah, it is sad to see him go, but I think um, it's the right time as well. Mm. Can I just say that yes. any Palace fans who want Charlton to do well because Johnny Williams is there are not true Palace fans? Uh, n- okay? <laughs> no. Johnny Williams can do well, but we don't support Charlton in any way, shape, or form. No one supports Charlton. We support. Johnny no, Williams there, there have been people saying they hope Charlton do well now that Johnny's there right. no I'm not having it I ain't having it ok we'll leave mm-hmm. that there um, Robert um, Alexander Sorloff has headed out on loan today where has he gone um, and again the question or the, I suppose the statement is it's just not quite worked has it it hasn't thus far no in his, his career at Palace I mean, he joined last January and he, uh, when Palace were in the middle of an injury crisis um, I think everyone knows January last year wasn't a particularly successful window for Palace. Um, he's the only one out of the three who joined who actually has played, but you can't say he's been a success yet. Um, you know, one goal, and that being in the Carabao Cup, I think it's probably, as we, as I said for Johnny Williams, it's time for him to move on. I think a, a, a loan spell is probably the right call for Alexander Serdot now. You know, he's even in the, with Christian Benteke out injured, Connor Wickham still returning to fitness. He's still not playing games, so I think that sort of tells you that he's not in favour. He's not perhaps considered ready for the Premier League and being that you know, number nine that you, you want him to be. Um, I think a loan spell might do him good. He's going back to um, work with a manager he worked with before he came to Palace, so he obviously had success with him in uh, in Denmark. So you never know if, if he goes and hits the ground running there in Belgium, albeit it's a different standard to the uh, the Premier League and different you know level, but. If he can go and score a few goals there, it might boost his confidence. He might come back a different player in the summer, you know, six months spell mm. somewhere else. might do him the world of good. Do we, do we know if there's an option within this deal to, to make it permanent, perhaps? Not as I understand it. I think it's a, uh, it's a loan to the end of the season. Um, we'll see if, if he does particularly well, then they might review that. But um, I think, uh, that, as far as I understand it, it's just a loan to the end of the season. He's still got three years beyond that on his contract. He signed a four-and-a-half-year deal when he joined last and Nick seems delighted oh. <laughs> about that. Um, there's obviously rumours the other week. Well, not rumours. There was, there was a deal in place that didn't happen for, for Dominic Solanke. Palace are desperate, we feel, for, for a striker to come through the door this January. What, what, what's your take on the situation? Can we expect someone? And, and if by any chance you have a name, who is it? <laughs> I, I think there will be somebody. Um, I think someone will come in by the end of the month. I don't particularly see it being a, a big money signing. I think it might be a loan deal. Um, and I've seen and heard people talking about Umar Yass, which I'm sure will divide opinion amongst Palace fans. Um, but he is the sort 
you know, the sort of player you could see if it is a loan deal between now and the end of the season. I think we've seen in, in the summer that Palace didn't have massive amount of fun, uh, money to, to spend. I, I believe that's the same story now in, in January, so I wouldn't expect to go and see them you know, splashing the cash to get, like, Benteke or Saka like they have done in the past. I think it's going to be a loan deal, which is probably why Dominic, Dominic Svanky, when it was talked about, was you know made a lot of sense. I think at that time you thought, yeah, a loan deal to the end of the season, someone who's not getting games at you know a top club like Liverpool, then yeah, that made sense. But that didn't happen. I think there were concerns over his fitness, and obviously he's now moved to Bournemouth, which part was you know they they've spent the money. I don't think Palace were in a position to be spending out that sort of level of money to, to buy him permanently. So perhaps Liverpool thought it was the best deal for him to actually go elsewhere. Um, he's now gone to Bournemouth and it's sort of back to the drawing board now for Palace. I mean, they've got, yeah, they've still got Conor Wickham, they've got Christian Benteke coming back. Jordan Ayer has obviously scored a couple of goals in the last week. Um, I think they're not quite to the point of it being desperate. They need someone right now for Saturday, but... Yeah, obviously it would be a benefit for them if they can get somebody in who can score a few goals between now and the end of the season because there's no doubt you look at the, the Palace side and that's where, if there, there is something lacking, it, it is up front and a few goals from a striker. Yeah, our, our, our sources at back of the net said that it was uh, going to be a pretty nailed-on signing, Solanke, um, and it wasn't until the medical, and I think we did well to pass him over because from what I've heard, he's not going to be fit until the end of February anyway, which only leaves... A couple of months that he would have been playing for us for, so I think we've 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 missed we we've, we've you know done well not to get him. Yeah, there certainly there are concerns over his fitness because he he has been out with an injury, um, and yeah, I, I understand he's he's not going to be fit at least to the end of uh, or at least till February. So yeah, you're right for a loan spell if you're going to sign someone between in January for, for then between then and the end of the season, you want them available as for as much as possible, and if they're starting out injured then probably is going to make you think twice yeah absolutely and sorry just just lastly um we've obviously seen punch and um Solarth and williams all head out this month are you expecting any other players to, to head out of selhurst park this month i think there might be a couple of um the younger players go out on loan um talk of naya kirby um interest from league one for him um blackpool charlton as well we mentioned um i think it might depend on you know you might see it later on in the month i think they've got a few now off the uh, out of the club off the wages in terms of you know he likes Jordan Much Johnny Williams Jason Punch and that he's on a lot now I think you, you, I can't see too many more from the, the first team squad going because otherwise you're going to be looking at being short on numbers again with a couple of injuries so certainly I think they've they've got a few off, off the books at the moment and there might be one or two of the youngsters go out at the end of the month on loan but it probably depends on whether they bring anyone in or the next couple of games whether there are a couple of injuries Okay, uh, Robert Topstaff, really appreciate your time this evening. Uh, that was Robert Warlow from Football.London, the Crystal Palace correspondent. Um, in just a couple of mom- moments, we're going to come back. Uh, we'll talk about your FA Cup draw. Um, you've got Spurs, they are playing this evening. 8 pm kickoff, by the way, Spurs, uh, Chelsea in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal. Also, we'll, we'll get your take as well on that Wayne Hennessy situation. You're listening to Love Sport Radio, and this is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. 
as spokesmansaid.com is a leading price comparison website that allows you to compare every energy tariff on the market in seconds. We have more deals than any other comparison website offering energy prices, and our impartial independent switching service is free of charge. Nearly 50% of UK households have switched bills, and there are hundreds to be saved. Visit as spokesmansaid.com and make sure you have the best energy deal in place before winter arrives. As recommended in The Guardian, The Times and The Sun, as spokesmansaid.com. Hello, I'm Michael Parkinson. The Los Tablers is the UK's leading youth cricket and disability sports charity, and now the official charity partner of Love Sport Radio. The charity's mission is to enhance the lives of disadvantaged and disabled young people through sport. Last year, the Los Tablers donated over 4 million quid to help young people of all backgrounds and abilities to get involved with sport. To find out more and to see how you can get involved, visit lowestabulars.org. If you fall asleep at the wheel, you'll put your life in danger and the lives of others as well. Before you feel tired, pull off the road into a services or other safe area, drink some strong coffee and take a quick nap while the caffeine kicks in. If you're having a nap, you've left your lights on, sir. Alright, cheers. Think. Don't drive tired. You could make the main dealer's day by paying over the odds. Or you could go to Big Motoring World and save a fortune on up to 2,000 pre-owned BMWs, Mercedes, Audis and VWs in stock. Then with the money you saved, put a smile on your face with a cheeky weekend away for two. Give yourself a break at Big Motoring World. Just minutes from the M25. See bigmotoringworld.co.uk. Big, big, big motoring world. Love sport. Available on Radio Player and TuneIn Radio for your smartphone. Download now from the App Store and Google Play. This is Love Sport. Cheers to Robert Warlow once again from Football.London there, chatting to Crystal Palace and talking about lots of ins and outs and the potentials that we could see this month. We'll get your chap's take, uh, if that's okay, um, in the next hour um, between 8 and uh, 9. Um, so, Spurs in the Cup, that's your reward um, for, for beating Grimsby. How do we feel about that? When there were about 10 teams left in the draw, yeah. I thought... Right, a lot of them are London teams. That's quite good. Mm. Quinton Stanley was still there, and I know a lot of people have never Who? been there. Yes, very good. <laughs> um, Sorry, good <laughs> Big milk, everyone. And, um, yeah, and it just... The, the teams, I thought, oh, QPR would be nice, and then yep, they went, yep. and Brentford would be nice, and Barnet, and they were all in the last sort of ten teams. And out of out of Man United, Arsenal and Spurs, I'm kind of glad we got Spurs. Mm. Yeah, but it's just, we haven't been rewarded, have we? Well, to but be you're fair... you're at home. Yeah, we're at home, and, and, and I think, I think that they've got three games in six days. Okay. Something like that, around yeah. that time period. And, and Poch does have the tendency, particularly in these, you know, League and FA Cup games, to to rest and players. apparently Son won't be playing for Tottenham as well around up so there, there are why, some why positives uh, I keep seeing that yeah I think he has to go to he's got his Asian Cup yeah oh, right, Asian, okay. yeah yeah so he heads off I mean it's already started they've already kind of came to an agreement that he would I think he's already gone now um, but he's gone later than everyone else Matt Ryan the, the um, Aussie keeper for, for Brighton went a few weeks ago 
he is my favourite non-Palace player. Yes. I think he's wonderful. It's he's pretty always good, got he? a smile on his face. Are, are you saying that because of FIFA? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, just, I just love to watch him play. I think he's one of the most talented players in the division. Mm. And I think he's incredibly underrated as well. I think... I'd, I'd put him up there with Hazard, if not better. I'd take him at Leicester. Might have helped us beat Newport County. Oh, oh yeah, I, I saw say, that. Yeah. You, you talk about being rewarded. Look, you know, we got beat by Newport. You know, at least you got past Grimsby. But uh, when we last went to the FA Cup final, uh, we beat Tottenham away from home. Mm. So Martin Kelly. Martin yeah, Martin Kelly. So put on Martin Kelly. And if he scores a goal, then that's FA Cup final confirmed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of Martin Kelly, going back to the Grimsby game, my son did make the point that our back four, it was like going back in time three years. It could have been the back four from three years ago. Well, but Demo was in there. That's no, it. Yeah, I suppose so. But Bring Paddy McCarthy back. Oh wow! Lester, <laughs> now you're going real. That, you had Tunchev as well, didn't you, Alexander Tunchev? Mm, don't no, think I we don't did. Think so. Definitely did. I haven't just Any made that up. Bit. I'm going to Google it right now. Our greatest <laughs> signing from Leicester City was Mark Bright. Yeah, I can he's, remember he's saying the thank you very he's much for Mark Bright, Leicester. Alexander Tunchev. Look, look. There's, a, there's very few things in life I know about, and football's one of them. <laughs> yes, he went on loan to Crystal Palace from Leicester in 2011. Only played nine times. Oh right, okay. But he's been confirmed. I Too must far, have been in my mother's I, I still, days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. He was actually a brilliant player. Um, but he, he did his knee ligaments twice. It was like Bulgarian international. We, we we signed him when we were in League One from CSK of Sofia, and he was brilliant. He was he was far too good for for the level he was at. And he, he, we we released him after a couple of injuries, and he yeah, went went to you and did play for a bit, but um, clearly left a really good impression to the yeah. point that neither yeah, of you remember yeah, him. exactly. <laughs> well, Never mind what I did like talking to another ex Leicester player was mm. Jeffrey Schlupp. Yeah. And Jordan Ayew combining to score the goal, and they're the most maligned. Well, now Sorlock's gone. They're the most maligned players. I, I feel that Jeffrey Schlupp is going to be maligned for his entire career because it followed him when he was at Leicester as well. Unfortunately, do they win like someone like Raheem Sterling? They say, oh, he's so frustrating. Or he always does this, like, yeah, they're going to be like that forever. You know, unless, he's, he's not going to mature at like 29, 30 and then suddenly have some kind of end product. They're quick footballers and not technically blessed. So they're always going to be like that. Unless they go in a championship. I, I, I don't know. I'd still be the same. It'd still be the same. Yes, you'd probably score more and get more assists, <laughs> but people, you'd still get the same criticism. Mm. Absolutely. It's just, it's just Jeffrey Schlapp as a footballer, unfortunately. Yeah, that's. Uh, he, You're welcome. He's not <laughs> <great yet>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I don't know. Roy, Roy plays him any like he can play midfield. He can play out wide. Yeah. The only thing that Roy hasn't done is playing up front. Well, this is the thing. He he <laughs> was a striker when he came through Leicester's academy. Yeah. He scored six goals in his first two games, a hat trick on his debut away at Rotherham in the League Cup. Um, and then Nigel Pearson converted him to a left back from a striker, one of the weirdest things ever. Um, and then he right. got moved into left midfield, but never, never ever played up front. But that's what he was as, as an academy player, as he came through as a really hot prospect. It's really hard to believe now, isn't it? Yeah, he's a decent squad player at best. He yeah. comes up, I've always said this, um, last 10 minutes comes on and you know, that's that's the best you can get out of Jeffrey Schlupp he's not start, starting a Premier League but as Nick said both IU and Schlupp they, mm. they were involved against Grimsby so that was encouraging encouraging to see but then again Grimsby's a um, was it League 1 or the League 2 the League 2 yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not really the greatest of opponents. No. Would you respect? <laughs> no, I did joke when I was watching the highlights and I saw saw Lost Header and I, I said, "Oh, he's found his level. Um, he, he'd score goals in League Two. Yeah, I, I didn't realise actually that. Um, 
I thought he'd made an awful miss, Sorloth, but it turned yeah, out the keeper made an in, a really impressive save. Oh, no, I still blame Sorloth. I think <laughs> he should have done better. He shoved the player out the way. Yeah, first of all, he fouled him, and then when it came to him, he, he tries to take a touch. If he just literally just threw his body at it, it yeah. would have it would have gone in. He what? then tries to take a touch, and it really, you know, we never there was never a chance to take one. So technically, Solov struggled against against a League yes. Two side. Maybe he, maybe League Two, maybe a bit too much for him. <laughs> he could be an, he could be an impact player for Grimsby. Maybe, but <laughs> of course, he went to Ghent, which we'll talk about in the next hour. Or so. so yes, absolutely. I mean, you're not disappointed to see him go not thinking you no because this is the thing with, with, with loan deals particularly in January when you're a club that is still fighting for things you know whether it's survival whether it's certain cups thing well actually you know for, for, not necessarily for the sake of, of the player's career but for the club look you're our player so just be a body until the end of the season and then we can look at maybe doing something no no I, you're happy to see him go I'm happy to see him go um, the only time he's impressed me was when he came on for 10 minutes against Arsenal he seemed to be run, running in the right channels uh, but 10 minutes for half a season is mm. not good enough no not at all uh, you listen to Love Sport Radio this is the Crystal Palace fan show 558 AM Love Sport if you've ever had to get out of your car at the side of a motorway you'll know how scary it is. Just imagine what it's like to be a road worker on a motorway. So please drive carefully through roadworks, observe all signs and speed limits, stay in the correct lane and keep a safe distance from the car in front. Our road workers are making the roads safe for all of us. So please keep the road safe for them. The Novotel London Blackfriars, the official hotel partner of Love Sport. Located just minutes away from the city and London's famous South Bank. You can kick back and taste the flavours of the world at the Jamboree Bar and Grill and enjoy all the sights of London in style. The Novotel London Blackfriars. Love Sport. Available on Radio Player and TuneIn Radio for your smartphone. Download now from the App Store and Google Play. You love your sport, but it can be a pain organising it. Endless phone calls, emails and text messages, organising players and collecting money can all be a headache. What you need is Teamer.net, the free sports app that'll help you manage your team's events, communicate effectively as a team, and now you can collect money simply and securely via Teamer payments. Relied upon by 2 million members, Teamer is available for free on desktop, Android and iPhone. Taking antibiotics when you don't need them puts you and your family at risk of a longer and more severe illness. Always take your doctor's advice. Search NHS Antibiotics. You could make the main dealer's day by paying over the odds. Or you could go to Big Motoring World and save a fortune on up to 2,000 pre-owned BMWs, Mercedes, Audis and VWs in stock. Then with the money you saved, put a smile on your face with a cheeky weekend away for two. Give yourself a break at Big Motoring World. Just minutes from the M25. See bigmotoringworld.co.uk. Big, big, big motoring world. Okay, well, in just a few moments, we're going to get your news for 8 p.m. But also at 8 p.m., it is kickoff between Chelsea and Spurs in the Carabao Cup uh, semi final. So strange, isn't it, having a cup semi final and it's only January? Uh, but in the next hour, our last hour of the Crystal Palace fan show, our first one of the year, um, we're going to be talking about January transfer windows. There's been a few outs, but we need some ins. Umanias, Lucas Perry, Victor Moses, those are just a few. We get DRs and Nick's views very shortly. But here is your news on Love Sport. 
on 558am, online, on your smart speaker, and on digital radio. This is Love Sport News. From the Sky News Centre at 8, flights are getting back to normal at Heathrow Airport after a runway was shut due to a drone being spotted. All departures were suspended earlier this evening. Before Christmas, multiple drone sightings shut Gatwick's runway for days, affecting around 1,000 flights there. MPs have backed a new measure designed to make leaving the EU with no agreement more difficult. The amendment means Parliament must approve any government spending on no-deal preparations. Theresa May was hoping it wouldn't go through. Our political editor Faisal Islam explains why it's significant. The intention of it was to demonstrate clearly to government and to the Parliament that there's no majority in this House for no-deal Brexit. Police have been briefed to intervene outside Parliament if protesters abuse politicians. More than 100 MPs have written to Scotland Yard expressing concerns after pro-EU MP Anna Soubry was called a Nazi during a live TV interview yesterday. A lorry driver's in custody after a multi-vehicle motorway crash killed a woman and a boy of 14. The 31-year-old has been arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving following the accident on the M58 near Wigan in Lancashire. Several people were seriously injured. Heavy snow and strong winds are causing death and disruption across the Alps. Hundreds of people are snowed in, flights are cancelled and there are fears of more deadly avalanches. At least 13 people have died with four skiers also missing in Norway. Wolfgang Gihak is in charge of a German district near the Austrian border. A disaster case is declared when there's an excessive need for coordination when we have a situation that we're trying to get under control. It's snowing endlessly. We have very wet snow, trees have fallen, the roads are partially closed and local traffic is difficult to maintain. Sport and rivals Tottenham and Chelsea are going head-to-head in the early stages of their League Cup semi-final first leg. It's being played at Spurs' temporary home of Wembley. That's the latest. I'm Laura Safe. Known originally as the Glaziers, this club are far from fragile. They've been building their nest in Selhurst Park. And the Eagles are ready to swoop in and bring out the claws this season. It's the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport. Welcome back to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Jake Watson with you till 10pm this evening. Hope the guys, Nick and DR, with me for another hour at half-time. Um, but we're in the early stages, chaps, of the January transfer window. Yes. How are we feeling so far? There's been a, a near miss with Solanke, um, and there's been a couple of outs, um, departures, at Williams, Punchin, Sorloth, um, and much yeah. as well. Are we, are, we, are we happy? Apart from Jason Punchin, I'm... I'm happy. Um, I think um, you look at the players that have left, they're not 
Roy doesn't rate them and there's no point keeping them. We're one of the um, highest in terms of spending wages on players, so it's time to get um, players that aren't useful yep. out of the club. And I think we've started January, January transfer window doing that. So it's a good start, but it's about getting players in to replace them. So that, that hasn't really been encouraging in early part of the transfer window. Yeah, we were speaking in the break about how much, you know, with these loan players going out, how much of the wages are we paying or is the other team yeah paying the wages and that that sort of how much transfer or how much wage bill have we freed up well how much is jason punching on do you know roughly as an estimate no. uh no i honestly i i, I wouldn't no i don't know because the interesting thing with, with the fact that he's gone to huddersfield is they do have a very very strict wage policy i think it's fifteen thousand pounds is, is the most that they have on a basic and then it's, it's performance based if they win or they score so obviously they're not getting many so performance, 15, yeah so they're not getting many performance based <laughs> exactly. at the moment and also it's another so, uh, relegation candidate that we gave him like, yeah know, jason punching to you is that an issue I think you pointed at that out yeah. in the chat so that's a bit weird but unless he's going as a secret agent we've had we've had players <laughs> yeah. going to uh, lots of clubs we even had managers going to other teams to relegate them didn't we <laughs> the, the thing about the only disappointing thing about jason punching is um i said it earlier on as well um he in pre-season he actually i actually saw something in him mm. um he seemed like he found a uh, he seemed like decent squad player in midfield and i saw him as a player this season coming off the bench and as like an impact sub but that hasn't been the case so that's a real disappointing thing about it because I, f- I thought that he'll be a decent squad player this season mm. don't get me wrong I have a lot of time for the man he he gave us that hope <laughs> in the FA Cup final when he scored he scored some absolute corkers and he was in our first season watching him and Marouane Schumach link together with some of the finest football I've ever seen at Sellhurst but He's, in my opinion, he's way past his peak, and it's it's time to to get rid. But as a squad it, player, wouldn't you say like coming off the bench, he's still got it? He's no, still got it in I, I don't think he has. Uh, I really don't think he has. So I also know that um, share prices in a well-known chicken restaurant <laughs> have gone right down. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but what happened with Punchin? Because you know, at one point he was part of this kind of dynamic trio with with Zaha and Townsend, and he was your club captain. He was he was a he, he was a good player in the Premier League. That's when he went downhill. I so think what after after. Yeah, he was selected captain. Um, his performance started to drop, and there was this thing between fans saying that all he does is just point and run around in circles. Yeah, even in the Palace calendar last year, he's pointing. <laughs> my ten-year-old yeah. son. I was. I, I would admit before his injury, um, before I saw him in this preseason. If, yeah. If you asked me in summer, um, you know, would you rather keep Jason Punch or sell him? Hundred percent sell him because it seemed like he lost it. But he was injured in, against Man City last season and. That's it. Showed glimpses of you know uh, hope, and mm. but it's, that's it's not useful now. You need he, more than glimpses, mate. Yeah, you can't just have glimpses. But you, we can't really judge him because he hasn't been given the chance um, so far this season. So it's not like I could say that oh, Jason Punchin has been great or bad. But from what I've seen from him in preseason, he has he he was half decent. Mm. And oddly enough, Jairo Riedewald, um Roy doesn't really prefer him, so it's going to be weird, um, our backup options in midfield. Yeah, the thing I, I kind of I briefly brought up with, with you, Nick, which I find interesting, again, as, as a supporter of a club, you know, who still has aspirations and a kind of a, a mid-table team at the moment, um, I get frustrated, and Leicester did the same thing last season, we've, we've just done the same again, we're, we're letting Vincent Abora and Adrian Silva, because they're not playing, we're, we're letting them leave, but 
I get frustrated because I feel that even if you're not going to play that much, I'd still kind of rather have you in and around the squad for the time being and then maybe get you a transfer in the summer because at the end of the day you've signed a contract with this football club so why are we almost putting ourselves you know at risk and at detriment just for, for, for the player's career now obviously I know you, you have to think about the players you, you know let's not be horrible here mm. but at the end of the day they're your player they signed the contract surely having Sorloth and, and Punchin around the squad you know if there's an injury crisis is the best thing to do because then in ja- in the summer you can then go out and properly replace them. Do you not think? I, I see where you're coming from. I completely agree. But you don't know what impact they're having at the training ground. They might be fed up with not mm-hmm. getting a game and actually bringing things down and and reducing the, the positivity around. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, just surmising completely. It, it, it does frustrate me. This is a fair point. With the Serloff situation, um, I disagree because he's just... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we have injury crisis and put on Serloff because even against Grimsby, it doesn't seem like he's up for it. Um, I don't know if that's a attitude problem, but he like there's times where balls were getting crossed um, into the box and he just stood behind the defender and no effort to go in front of him and challenge for the ball. So again, I think Serloff needed time away from Palace yeah. whether that was a championship or abroad, which it has been abroad in this case. He's gone to Ghent on loan. Um, it was needed, but with Punchin, it's weird because Roy doesn't. Uh, with with the players he has got, he doesn't really um, like using any of them. And now uh, we've lost Jason, and he doesn't he doesn't rate Reedward at all. So in midfield, it's just yeah. who we're going to play. Uh, we'll we'll get on to potential incomings because it goes without saying a striker is, is one of them. Is there anyone else from the current crop? that you think either you want to leave or you think will leave this January? Much has gone, so we're all Yeah, happy. that's the best news. <laughs> so that's what? the best news of the transfer window. <laughs> that's the best news of the transfer window. Jordan Much, I don't understand how he has made a living out of football. Like, if, he's joined, when did he join Palace? Like two seasons ago, three seasons I ago? I do remember a, a point, though. He, he that, had like a, a six-month six month spell in the Premier League when he was actually really good. And I can't remember who it was with. Cardiff. Cardiff. Was it with Cardiff, was yes. it? And he, he kind of earned then a couple of moves off the back of it and has earned a lot of money. QPR he went to, um, Yeah, he went to QPR afterwards. Yeah, he was at, um, yeah, it was at Cardiff when the season they got relegated, but he was one of the standout performers for them. And then off the back of that, got a good move to, to QPR. Didn't do anything for them, but then got his move to, 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 to Crystal Palace. Yeah. And obviously, it's gone massively downhill for him then. It's, it, is, it is a shame because clearly there was a player there. Clearly there was. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's up to him. Um, he didn't. He didn't um, live up to expectations, and he didn't deliver it. I don't. That's that's what annoys me about um, um, Jordan much. But I'm happy he's gone now. Mm. Finally, he's off our books. We don't have to pay him. That's another player that's, that won't be yeah. used at all. And I imagine, I'd imagine Jordan much was on decent money. I'm thinking at least thirty thousand plus. Yeah, and that's if the guy I'm, is not I'm even involved, well. and yeah, I mean somebody <laughs> else can have that money and hopefully can contribute a lot more than what he was doing. Right in a couple of moments, uh, we will talk about transfers and. Cummings. One name that has been linked is the Everton striker Uma Nias. Uh, we're going to be joined by Tony Scott from the All Together Now Everton podcast to get his take on the player and whether he thinks he could do a job for you lads. This is Love Sport. Love Sport. I work for a spokesman said.com. We can help you save money on your home insurance. All you need to do is visit a spokesman said.com and find out if we can find you a better deal. It's the Brian Moore Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Gray. 
James, today's teaser involves goalkeepers. You're a goalkeeper, but I don't think it's you, is it? <laughs> no, I You're not the answer. I have never won Premier If you are the answer, what is the question? <laughs> um, yeah, who's gone on the longest record run without a clean sheet? That might be me, I don't know. Actually, that's not true. I've got two this year. No big deal. No, it really isn't. So. <laughs> it's the Brian Mall Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. Join the pack weekdays from 3pm on Love Sport. This is Love Sport. So, Umanias, guys, how do you feel about that very quickly? Um, not really. Yay or nay? No. No. For you, Nick? Definitely not. Well, there we are. <laughs> we won't bother yet, with this next yet, section. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, we will absolutely will continue with this section. Uh, Tony Scott from the All Together Now Everton podcast joins us on the phone now. Good evening, Tony. Good evening, guys. You okay? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. So, look, we, we, we want to talk to you about Umar Nias. I mean, from a personal point of view, as, as neither an Everton or Palace fan, I think when he's played for, for you guys, you know, it's obviously been kind of few and far between, he's been OK. And he has scored, you know, a few goals and he had a decent loan spell at Hull as well. Um, is this guy, or did this guy deserve more opportunity at your football club? <laughs> to be honest, and if you want me to really be honest, no. yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really tried. You, I tried to give yeah, him something. No, I'd love to tell you he's a fantastic footballer. <laughs> he's got all the ability in the world, but sadly, he's not. But yeah. what he does lack in quality, he gives you in heart, effort, desire, commitment. Listen, I can't fault the lad's effort to become to be what he is. He's become a professional footballer, playing football at the Premier League, and he's done well for himself. But in terms of quality, he just hasn't got it. He, he, he's one of them. He can look. I think my friend sums him up perfectly. When he's trying to control a football, it's like a kitten with a ping pong ball. It's just, <laughs> it's just out, honestly, it's out to reach, it's out to touch. Half the time, he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, he's had, he, he, I think what, from what I've been told so far is that there's numerous clubs interested in the services. I think Crystal Palace are obviously one of them. Cardiff City and another one. Now, they've inquired about him, but only on loan. Well, this is what I'm told of an half-decent source, to be honest. It's a really good source. But Everton only interested in selling them because mm. they were obviously they're looking to recoup a lot of money that they spent out last season. Obviously, Ronald Koeman and Marco Silva this um, last summer. So they're looking to recuperate a lot of money. And they lost There was quite a lot of players out on loan. Currently, Yannick Balassi, Kevin Morales, lots of players out on loan. So they don't want no more players to go out on loan. They want players to be mm. sold. And you know, Umani asked, ticks that box and whatever. They're looking forward to get out of the football club. Yeah, and I remember when you guys signed him from Locomotive Moscow. I think he was the Russian Player of the Year, wasn't he? Um, in that in that division, and he'd scored some goals for them. He's got what eight goals in thirty-one games for you. The, the majority of them would have been substitutes. He had a decent loan spell at Hull. Now I'm not saying he should obviously should be leading the line for, for you guys, but do you not? Th- I know you, you, your your analogy of the kitten and the ping ball was very very funny, but do you not think that he could do a job for a side in the Premier League still? Premier League level, maybe a lower league side. If listen, I, I'm trying to. I don't want to associate Crystal Park. I know they're trying to to stay up this year, but I, no. In terms, I think he's a Championship player. I really do. I know Everton mm. paid a lot of money for him. It was one of Roberto Martinez's part and gifts, so to speak. One of his last signings. I think thirteen and a half million Everton paid for him. Signed on a four-year deal. 
and obviously Roberto Martinez was sacked Ronald Koeman made it quite clear when he came in and he made it quite difficult for him famously didn't give Umar Nias a lockout at the time and he did say if Niasi likes to play football he needs to leave Everton and that deadline day closed and he didn't obviously didn't get a loan move elsewhere and he was involved in Everton's 25 man squad now Famously, he was the thought that he did go to Marco Silva's whole city on loan, scored a few goals, and he won the Sphinx to Manchester against Liverpool, a match winner there. Then we returned to Everton after that loan spell, scored some quite important goals. I remember Everton being 1 0 down at the time against Bournemouth, and obviously Koeman brought, after what he told Umani Asson, publicly embarrassed him. He had to bring him onto the field and Umani has come on and scored two goals and obviously mm. won Everton the game. But that's the type of character he is. He will get on the end of things and sometimes he'll hit part of his body and goes in. Stuff like that happens because if he doesn't know what he's doing, the opposition definitely don't know what he's doing. So I think he's come to a standstill at Everton now where he's found Jen Tosin at Everton and a young lad called Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who you'll probably know as well. Mm. But Everton have made it no secret that they will on the identify the striker it may not happen in the transfer window but it will definitely happen in the summer they're looking to get a full target man you're going to supply them with 25 goals because they haven't replaced Romelu Lukaku and that's the fundamental problem Everton have got at the moment they look good in midfield they win the ball back well but as soon as they get to the final third they rely heavily on Sigurdsson and Richarlison to get them out of jail we've they got, need to send the forward desperately we've, we've got a chap called Ben Teke that is coming back from injury he might if he, if, he, if he doesn't do well for us we might we might let you have him no I think we've seen enough of him across the park <laughs> we've seen enough of that to be honest listen Ben Teke on his days another player that could he looks a world beater one minute isn't he and the next minute he looks like a Sunday league player doesn't put the effort in but in terms if you're looking for a player who's going to give 100% every game I've put me bottoms all on Umar Nias and Christian Benteki. Benteki's quite the opposite. He's got all the ability he wants to be. He's got the quality. But he just doesn't put a shift in. Umar Nias is the total opposite. Hasn't got the quality being, but he will put a shift in for you. He'll come off with sweat dripping off his shirt. If that's what Crystal Palace fans want, then he is an easy man. Mm, and thinking of Umar Nias and this, uh, this potential possible you know, transfer to Palace, something that jumps out to me as a potential problem, um, Tony, which you mentioned you wanting to recoup some of this money for him is obviously we've already seen with Palace they didn't want to kind of pay the money for Solanke because it, it was a lot um, and they kind of have to maybe be a little bit more creative in terms of the transfers that they do do this th- this window he's on big money as well isn't he Nia? so first of all I don't know how a loan signing works I don't know if Palace can afford to, to make a, a permanent transfer um, this window so do you think there's probably a, a, like, a bigger possibility of him going somewhere else than Palace? There's a possibility if Palace aren't willing to, from what I'm being told, Everton are looking to recoup the 13.5 yeah. million. You may even go to 12. That's what Everton wants because you've just seen the likes of Dominic Solanke. He's been playing for Liverpool Reserve, so to speak, playing with a lot of football with the Academy under 23s. But he's just been sold for 19 million. Yeah. So, and he's not even proven in the Premier League. At least the man he has to score goals in the Premier League. He's quite capable of doing it. So I think Everton were well within the right to say, do you know what, if you want a player that can, come, that can score goals in the Premier League and will run through a brick wall for you, and he's young, he, he, we're well within the right to say, do you know what, we want our money back on him. So I think there's a danger if Palace don't pay the money I think someone abroad may do, and I think that will probably force Palace's hands towards the end of the transfer deadline day. 
Okay, uh, Tony, top man, I really appreciate that. Some great stuff there. Uh, that was Tony Scott from the All Together Now Everton podcast. Some really interesting views there on um, on the ass. Um, yeah. Very forth, forthright <laughs> with them. Um, I liked them. I liked the analogies. Um, so, yeah, that, that jumps out to me as a, a potential issue is if you've got two options, really, with the signing, a loan or a permanent. If it's a loan, Everton are going to want you to pay his wages. He's on big wages. I think he's around 50, maybe even more, because he was signed as their club record. Um, mm. And if they want to do a permanent, if they're looking at recouping maybe 12 million quid, have Palace got 12 million quid to send, spend on a striker this window? I wouldn't want the club to spend 12 million quid on someone like Jordan Ayew. Mm. Um, Jordan Ayew, he runs around. Um, you know, he's fantastic defensively, but in terms of scoring goals, that's where the problems lie. So yeah. I wouldn't want us. And also, the thing about Nias, if you asked me um, last transfer window, yes, I would have. Uh, not. I think when when was the last time he has played against um, Palace? I think he dived in a ways. In it that was game. It, it was the dive, wasn't it? Yeah, was that I when he got the two game was, ban? Yeah, yeah. Uh, since then, yeah, it, it feels I, I like it was want, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Since then, I don't want to be associated with this guy. Like, I just don't. After that dive diving situation, I know you. I think it was Paddy. I was saying, oh Zaha. <laughs> have you, have you not got dive. any players that dive? Yeah, no, <laughs> talking about Zaha, but. Uh, that's another um, conversation we, we just buy them we bought Benteke after <laughs> he did that dive for Liverpool to get them a last minute equalising uh, penalty I said a yeah, I said, no I said a spark yeah I remember that, Park, that, yeah. that demo situation did, but he come, did he come from Sunderland Yassi to Everton no, no. He, he said he was from Russia from Locomotive Moscow it was their record signing they spent yeah. a lot of money on him no I would pass um, if it was um, someone like Solanke 12 million yes but that's not going to happen because he went to Bournemouth um, I'd rather go for because he's not he's not proven, so I'd rather go for a younger player who's he'll be more eager to prove themselves in the Premier League. And if, if I could get a player in, if we were just getting a player in on loan till the end of the season, yeah, I'd love to get somebody like Dean Sturridge in that we know can score goals. Daniel, Daniel, I'm thinking of that's Dean Saunders. <laughs> there, there was a Dean Sturridge as well. There was a Ooh, Dean yeah, Sturridge. Played, played for Leicester, is and, it? and he is oh. a relation. No, yeah. it was many oh, years it? ago. Many years good? ago. Is it good? Dean Sturridge. Yeah, he was. He's a. He's a Premier League top flight. Not legend as such, but he played for Derby. He played for Leicester. He was a good player. Oh, Dean Sturridge. Oh, I think. I think he's an uncle. I think he's an uncle of Daniel. They're certainly oh, yeah. related. Maybe, probably his dad. <laughs> they are related. I'm going to have to check that out in the break now. Um, <laughs> but Dominic Slanky, were you, were you disappointed to see that happen then? Yeah, but um, injuries and the fear involved, it makes sense why we pass up on him. But it was a bit weird that Steve Parrish actually admitted it before it was all done, like that we were in for Solanke. Mm. I think it was before the Chelsea game mm. um, where he said um, to the TV that, yes, we are in for Solanke and we're closing in on him. So that was a bit weird, but... The injury problems. We don't want another player who's going to come in and be injured. So it makes sense that we pass up on him. The other, the other player that was touted with Solanke before was uh, Batshuayi, wasn't it? Yeah, but apparently um, he hasn't been doing um, that well at Valencia. But nah. now Valencia wants to keep him or something like that. There's been issues saying um, apparently Chelsea want to recall him, but. I think he's going to stay at Valencia, so I think that's out of the books. Yeah, no, I think Steve Parrish was obviously confident, wasn't he, that that, that deal for Solanke was going to get over the line, but Bournemouth clearly um, swooped in very quickly for him, and also with Nathaniel Klein in the process, upsetting um, two managers, didn't they? Um, we'll yeah, continue to talk him as well, didn't Yeah, he? very much so, very humorous, I think we're all very upset about that. Um, not. <laughs> yeah. um, Crystal Palace fans obviously may feel a little bit differently about Neil Warnock than I. Um, we'll continue to talk about the January transfer window next year on the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. 
There it is on your van dashboard. Pride of place. Your copy of the all-new Toolstation catalogue. It's out now with over 300 new products from top brands like DeWalt, Stanley, Myra and Nest. And even more great deals on all your trade quality tools and supplies. So when it comes to saving your time and money, the new Toolstation catalogue really is. Grab a free copy at your nearest tool station today. Can you save money on your car insurance? Chris did with a little help from a spokesmansaid.com. Getting real people, real savings. I'm Chris from Leicestershire, a truck driver. I went on a spokesman set, which was very easy to use for an old kit like myself. And the £300 savings enabled me to take my granddaughter to Pontins on holiday. Find quotes from over a hundred leading insurance providers at a spokesmansaid.com. Real people, real savings. Compare, switch and save with a spokesmansaid.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. You could make the main dealer's day by paying over the odds. Or you could go to Big Motoring World and save a fortune on up to 2,000 pre-owned BMWs, Mercedes, Audis and VWs in stock. Then with the money you save, put a smile on your face with a cheeky weekend away for two. Give yourself a break at Big Motoring World. Just minutes from the M25. See bigmotoringworld.co.uk. There are many things a mother can pass on to her baby. Her smile, her eye colour, and her immunity to whooping cough. Whooping cough is a very dangerous illness for young babies. And at the moment, it's spreading fast. A simple vaccination during your pregnancy can help to protect your baby in their first weeks. Please speak to your GP, nurse, or healthcare professional and pass on your immunity. Love Sport, 558 AM. We've all been glued to the TV screen during that break um, in the Chelsea Spurs game, the Carabao Cup semi-final. Um, there's just been a VAR incident, chaps, um, and it has gone in the favour of Tottenham Hotspur they have a penalty um, there was question marks about whether they're on side initially but Harry Kane uh, came through he was taken down by Kepper Michael Oliver take a few minutes um, to have a look and talk to his team upstairs and they have decided we agree correctly yes he didn't look at a screen himself he, no Come on, Nick, we've moved past He's that now. He's the man now. in charge. We've moved he past that now. He should be in charge. This will change at some point. Yeah, I think they'll include... But this is Wembley. This, this is, is like... Well, it is if Wembley. If they can't get a telly in at Wembley. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Harry Kane is about to step up and take a penalty for Spurs against Chelsea. And he has scored in the bottom left-hand corner. Spurs, after 26 minutes, lead Chelsea 1-0 in their Carabao Cup uh, semi-final. That's a positive for Palace in a way. Uh, if more Spurs games. end up, you know, first of all, yeah, more games. And if Spurs end up winning um, the Carabao Cup, then mm. I guess they're fake. They already won a cup. Who FA wants cup to win the FA Cup yeah, anyway? Exactly. Yeah, Leicester don't. 
point. <laughs> we don't either. We just no keep point. getting there and not doing it. Honestly, Newport County, dark horses for the competition. You want to avoid them. <laughs> you want to avoid them. <laughs> um, we were talking about your, your January and the, the incoming potential signings for us. Um, we're looking, of course, at, at Dominic Solanke. 19 million quid. It's just not feasible. And, but Nick, you were saying, well, where did Bournemouth get all this money from? And I've, I must have brought this up so, so many times doing this, this show. And you guys tell me you've got no cash. I just don't understand how you haven't because if you're a Premier League club and you're not spending like a complete and utter idiot there is so much money coming into your football club through TV revenue and and, and all such else that you must have £15 million to buy someone because Twenty million quid these days in the Premier League doesn't get you a lot, but how as, we, as Solanke has proven. So how do Palace not have this cash? But how much do we spend on wages? Yeah, but Bournemouth must have a bigger wage bill than you guys. They've got a ten thousand seat stadium, so so they're not breaking financial fair play rules. So I mean, I know they have done in the past, but right now they're not, or they're not certainly going to by signing Solanke and Klein. So why can Crystal Palace not sign these players? I'm bemused by it. We haven't got a billionaire like Bournemouth. Yeah, but it, it, that's, it, that's not the billionaire's money that is buying Solanke. That is the Premier League money that is buying him. Look at every single club around you in the Premier League right now, apart from Newcastle, with their owners refusing to spend it. Everyone else is spending money. Cardiff are spending money. Huddersfield have spent money. But they Cardiff can, because Cardiff hasn't got nowhere. They've, they're, they just got promoted to the Premier League, and um, if you look at their wage bill um, compared to Palace's, they've got so much space. And it, also, you look at um, how much we spent on players. Benteke, uh, thirty million. Mm. But you can argue that we sold Palasi uh, for a similar amount, so that we didn't really spend that much on Benteke. But Sako, we spent uh, lots on. And also, there's been players like um, Raku. Well, Raku came on loan, but like Yak, just the odd players that came in and didn't do anything, and but we still spent money on them. Does the fact that we still owe Liverpool money for Benteke? Or Sacco, I think, as well. And Sacco as well. We, mm. we, we've only paid half of it, as far as I know. Does that come into it? Because I don't have a clue again about... Um, I think that does come into it as well. Um, that comes into it. I think I think it's mainly wage bills. It's like getting players. Um, Solanke, uh, maybe we may be able to spend 15 million, but mm. can we match his wages? If you, if you do give him um, the wages that maybe Bournemouth gave, um, are giving him right now, maybe won't be able to get other players in. Um, just quickly, guys, Victor Moses is another name that's been linked with you guys. Chelsea, look, a fair few of those players are going to be heading out on, on January. Moses looks sure to be one of them. I know that Fulham have been linked as well. Is is Moses a player you'd like to see um, join you? Uh, yes. Yes. I think um, you, look at, you, look at our, <laughs> you look at our um, depth. Um, having Victor Moses in there just improves the squad, which... Um, benefit so it, there's no harm in getting Victor Moses and yeah. hopefully we can get him for cheap as well because Chelsea's it's not, it's not like Chelsea's going to ask him 20 million or something. well sorry said he doesn't he's not part of his plans he's exactly free to so, go. so hopefully we can get him for cheap and, mm. and he'll be a good squad player for us he's one of our own as well as one of our one of, of our course. very young youth players came mm. over from Nigeria was it Nigeria no, it, I, I'm yeah. not too, I, he's, he's, he's Nigeria. from Nigeria yeah. Yeah, yeah, he both is. his parents killed out there he came over here was adopted in South London mm. And was at Crystal Palace from when he was very young, and the only reason he went was because we were skint. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember it he well. He scored a brilliant overhead kick against Wigan, I think. Mm. It, it does feel like an absolute age. I'd almost forgotten that Victor Moses had played for you. It feels that long ago. But it'd be great was, to see him back. Actually, he was. It was an absolute joy. We had Victor Moses then. We had Johnny Williams coming through. Yeah. Wilf was just a little bit behind because he's a little bit younger. Yeah. Um. 
so many players back then that have all gone on to do good things and Victor yeah he's I was moaning about Punction being on a downward yeah. but Moses I think would still do a good job yeah I agree I'll be interested to see who he does join in the January transfer window because he is set certainly to leave Stamford Bridge this month right uh, in a couple of moments I'd really delighted to say we're going to be joined by a former winger of yours uh, former Watford as well currently playing for Leighton Orient uh, Joby McEnough we're going to be speaking to him and looking ahead to your next Premier League game which is against Watford it's the Brian Moore Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. I imagine you have to listen to a lot of Disney songs as well, because I know when I was little, that's oh, all Frozen. I used to watch. Oh, God, Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> the person who wrote Frozen, I'm, gonna, I'm homicidal. When you know, again. I'm delighted to say we've got them coming on the show tomorrow. Yeah, so. well, they might not make it out again. <laughs> you know what I say, Brian? Let it go. And we will... Oh, make- stop! <laughs> I, I walked straight into it that was one. Coming, come on. It was coming, straight into that one. <laughs> One to you. Got him. Slap on the wrist for me. It's the Brian Maul Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. Join the pack weekdays from 3pm on Love Sport. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio. Your fan station. The cat's out of the bag. And PC's gone mad. (laughs) Patrick Christie's has been from the streets of Syria to the galleries of the government. And now he's gracing the airwaves, giving meaning to the term face for radio. Patrick Christie's, bringing his unique take on all the latest in sports and current affairs to your lunchtime. PC gone mad. Weekdays from midday on Love Sport. Love Sport, 558 AM. 32 minutes played at Wembley Spurs, leading Chelsea 1 0 in the Carabao Cup uh, semi final. Um, so, up next for you guys in the Premier League, a short trip. Well, well you've got to so the other side of London. No, Cedars Park. Is, are we oh, already sorry, ignore yeah. me. <laughs> already They've got to make that short trip yeah. to you guys. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace <laughs> against Watford. Um, somebody who's played for both uh, is on the phone now. Delighted to say Joby McEnough joins us. Joby, good evening. Evening, Jay. How you doing? Yeah, very, very well indeed. Um, so, just quickly, we'll, we'll get your take on the January transfer window. We've been speaking to it um, uh, with, with Nick and Dr. here in the studio. I mean, how much have you seen of Palace this year, Joby? And how clear is it that they maybe need a, a striker and you know, a couple of other bodies this month? Yeah, I've seen um, you know a fair bit, um, as much as you can, sort of. Um, obviously, I'm still playing, so I don't catch a lot of the live games unless they're obviously on the weekend or, or during the week. But you know, I think with Roy Hodgson and, and how he has his team set out, you know, defensively they're going to be very sound and they don't concede a lot. So you know, you just need that that bit extra up top, I think, just to to make the difference in them really tight matches. And you know, there's a lot of load on obviously Wolf Saha there and a lot of pressure on him to, to deliver week after week. And he he has done that in the main. You know, he's a real threat and provides a lot of assists and has chipped him with a few goals but I think that goal scorer is you know going to be key in terms of 
you know, certainly getting some more points on the board and, and getting clear of that relegation uh, situation. Yeah, Joey, just picking up on a couple of points there, particularly about Zaha and, you know, Roy setting up the team the way he does. Obviously, you're, you're, you're not too dissimilar a player in the position that, that you play. Can you remember a time when you played for, for a manager who perhaps set up his side similar to the way Roy did? And, and how challenging was it then for you to, to have a positive influence on, on that game? Yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest thing you take from it is it's a big compliment to you as a player. And, you know, I think the fact that he's given that freedom there and, um, you know, he's been utilised a lot you know, quite centrally, you know, where he can really just go and, um, you know, exploit the spaces and, and roam about and, and get on the ball. You know, he needs to be on the ball to, to make things happen. And um, as I say, I think it's a big compliment to him. And I'm sure it's something he's really enjoyed and seemingly has, has thrived on because, you know, he's been, um, you know, for me, one of the most certainly attacking exciting players to, to watch in the Premier League over the last couple of years yeah no definitely but Palace what six points clear at the moment um, of relegation do you do you think they're in any way in trouble this year do you need to look over their shoulder at all do you think I think so you're really out of it I mean you know the last win over Wolves was a you know a massive win to get you know a couple of goals late on and you know get that three points just to really take you away from you know, that sort of danger zone is a, a nice little cushion now, but I'm sure Palace and the investment they've had and, you know, the quality of the squad now, it's a real high quality squad, you know, some real top players and, you know, I'm sure they'd be looking, you know, a lot higher up, um, you know, than they have been, you know, certainly recently and, you know, really being comfortable in that league because, you know, they should be with, as I say, with what they've got and, you know, the quality of the players they've got, you know, across the club. Hi, Obi. Um, we got a question from um, Chris. He, he, he's in our podcast, and he asked me to um, ask you how you felt about scoring the winner and when we beat Brighton three-two um, <laughs> at their stadium. Yeah, to this day, that is definitely one of my career highlights. Um, <laughs> well you know, done. The, the importance <laughs> of the of the game, and um, you know, it's a real tough game. You know, fantastic atmosphere down there, and. You know, a lot rided on the game. So um, I think if you ask any footballer, you know, if they're, they're going to score a last-minute winner in any game, but one with such importance and you know that meant so much to, to everyone connected with the club. Um, you know, as I say, to this day, it's certainly one I, I remember very clearly and, and one I'll always always treasure. How much longer you got left in you, Joe? But you, you, you're knocking on a couple of years off 40. You, you're top of the league at Orient. Flying. Flying <laughs> at the top of the league. It's, it's good to see them do well. I was gutted when they lost their place in the league because I had friend, got friends in late and mm. lovely little ground over there. Do you reckon you could uh, see, see time to make it up to League One with Orient? Before well, you hang up your boots? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The last few years, it's just a matter of... Um, you know, taking it season at a time. I'm I'm really enjoying my football. I'm, I'm fortunate to still be playing, as you pointed out, nearly at 40. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> a few more years. Blame um, Wiki but, for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, listen, I'm, I'm enjoying it. The, the club's through some, been through some real tough times, um, you know, off the pitch. And, um, you know, obviously that's kind of had a re- an impact on the pitch. And, um, you know, it's really stabilised. We've got some, some great owners now and, you know, the fans have really been, you know, really supportive during some, some difficult times and the club's just on the on the right track, really. So we just want to, you know, keep progressing and, um, you know, hopefully get the club where it 
back where it belongs in the league and then you know push on from there so um yeah, yeah certainly enjoying it and we'll see how long i can keep going east london is certainly missing having a proper football team in the league i tell you yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, Joby, another one of your former clubs, um, well, another one, um, is, is, is Watford and it's who the Palace play um, up next. What have you made of Watford this season? Because a slightly unpredictable bag, maybe, but they're, they're, they're doing all right, aren't they? Yeah, they're going along really nicely, actually. I think, um, you know, they'll be, be pretty pleased, obviously, with, with where they are in the table. Um, you know, good points all already. Um, and, you know, I, I think they've really put together... I wouldn't say a weird squad, but it seems they just go and get players that you're not too familiar with. Yeah. And, you know, they, they all seem to work out and, and fit in. And, you know, I think the managers had a big part to do with that, certainly over the last, um, you know, since he came in, year and a half, two years, whatever it is. And, you know, the players have really seemed to respond to him. And, um, you know, they've certainly got a good, um, you know, spirit and environment down there. And a nice mix, you know, they're still quite a, you know, British core to it, which I like. Um, you know, it's great to see young um, and not so young British players playing. You know, for a team that's doing well in the Premier League, and um, it seems to be complemented with you know some good um, overseas players and and um, players that say that you're not probably too familiar with, but there's good players out there really. And as long as they've got the right attitude and a willingness to work for the club, then you know, it shows it can work. So, um, yeah, they've done well so far. Yeah, they've certainly got a, a unique model when you look at, say, the way they operate and the players that they sign and the amount of money that they spend. But it obviously works for them. I know they've changed managers as well um, quite frequently over the last few years. But do you get the sense now with, with Javi um, that he's, he looks a more kind of longer-term project? I would like to say yes, but um, I don't want to jinx the guy. I mean, as I say, he's done a good job. And, I mean, other managers there that have done good jobs haven't really stuck around too long for, for one reason or another but as I say hopefully the owners there um, you know have seen something in him to, to make them want to keep him around because I feel like all clubs you know stability is really a bit of a commodity these days in, in football you know in any league really so it's actually quite as I say refreshing to see someone there who's, who's done well and um, you know seems to be well liked by, by pretty much everyone there and I think that has shown in you know how well they've done on the pitch really yeah definitely so let's talk about the game itself Palace hosting Watford um, in the Premier League how do you see this one going I think what Palace being at home do you have them slightly as favourites maybe I think it'll be a big factor um, you know I think for Palace certainly you know the home games against you know the likes of Watford to be ones that they'll be be looking at getting positive results for uh, in, sorry, but um, oh, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one to call. As I say, they don't concede many. Watford have, have you know, scored a few of late. Um, so I, I think it'll be a real, real tough game. I think if um, Palace can can get the first goal, then um, you know they'd fancy their chances maybe of, of holding on. I think if Watford nick a goal first, then uh, I'd, I'd tend to favour them. I, say, I think. Yeah. So, chaps, how how have Palace been when they've gone behind in games? this season we talk about getting the early goal it's, it's of course it, it almost goes without saying it's obviously important to score the first goal but when you have gone behind how have you reacted I, I don't um, I can't really recall when we against Chelsea we went behind it just, oh, we lost 1-0 yeah, yeah we lost 1-0 um, we it's just um, substitutions Roy really doesn't like substitutions as we said earlier so that's really a negative it's, but the players do decide to turn up after we do go one 0 down, but um, there's certain players that remain uh, 
like downhill and I don't know yeah. we really haven't gone one nil down that many times uh, we did we did have a season a few seasons well. ago where we were the best team for coming from behind to win Mm. But yeah, there's question marks, isn't there? Obviously, you guys have brought up a few times about Roy and being able to influence a game um, d- during the game when you are yeah. losing. And Joby, again, a question to you as a player. Have you ever had a manager who is very rigid and very strict in the way that he does his substitutions? He'll only do them at certain points in a game because it's been a criticism that these guys have had and other Palace fans have had of Roy, and particularly this season. Um, is, is, is sometimes, you, as a player, you get frustrated wanting a manager to make a change and it kind of doesn't happen until those set points um yeah certainly if you're one of the players trying to get on the pitch and, and influence the game then um you know of course it can be a, you know games are different you know week to week um you know circumstances change you know players might not be playing as well as they were the week before and you know at different stages of games different things are needed so i think you do need a bit of flexibility and an open-mindedness really you might see that I don't know, an opposing player in particular is having a not great game and someone on your bench can go and influence it. And, you know, sometimes you've got to make those those snap decisions, which when you look at a lot of the top managers, they're, they're not afraid to do for sure. You know, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. make a decision at what they feel is a crucial time um, and give the players a chance to come on. Because that's the other thing as a player, you want, you know, at least sort of 20 minutes to sometimes 25, 30 minutes to get yourself going and get into the game. You know, if you're coming on for 10 minutes, you know, it can be hard to, to really have an impact. So um, I think it's certainly a factor, um, you know, for a player, you want you want as much time as you can to, to try and influence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Joby, kind of lastly then, um, no sitting on the fence. And I know you've played for, for both. <laughs> um, no splinters here, mate. Who, who do you think is going to win then? Give us a score prediction. I'm going to go for um, a tight 1-0 to Palace. Yeah, <laughs> we've got some smiles in the studio they agree <laughs> uh, Joby really appreciate your time this evening uh, great stuff that was Joby McEnough the former Watford and Crystal Palace winger still playing for Leighton Orient and good luck good luck for the rest of the season the O's um, after a few torrid years um, currently find themselves top of the National League and he's playing superbly by the way for them I'm not sure if yeah. you've seen this year chaps a couple of free kicks that you would you look at it thinking that guy that guy has clearly played at the top level have you got fond memories of, of Joby? He was a good player, wasn't he? He was a great winger. I just remember seeing him dashing down the wing and my little sister being absolutely in love with him yeah. at the time. She, he was his favourite. He was her favourite at the time. I've, yeah, it's it's a long time ago. I was just looking. He started his career at Wimbledon in 2001 mm. and you got players who were playing for Liverpool last night who weren't even born then. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> to, to be playing... For this long is tremendous. So well, Dr. Do you remember Joby? Uh, not really. No, so it was just before your time, wasn't it? But yeah, I remember when he came it through that. It was not side. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 2010 or something, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's played for a single championship. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not that. But I don't remember what I did last week. <laughs> 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 yeah, so. and on that point, yeah, uh, we're going to take a break. Um, we've obviously had Joby's thoughts about the the game against uh, Watford, and we'll get your guys' take as well and some predictions um, before we leave you at 9 p.m. Giving your team the coverage they deserve. Love Sport Radio. Can you believe over 50% of UK households have yet to visit a price comparison website and save on their bills? Are you one of those people? Because you must be crazy. Literally, you can save hundreds of pounds in just a matter of minutes. Visit aspokesmansaid.com now and see how much money you can save. That's visit aspokesmansaid.com. 
now. TheSpokesmanSaid.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. 1.7 seconds. It's over in a flash. This is the average view time of a video ad on a mobile device. Money worth spent, don't you think? Mark Pritchard, chief brand officer of Procter & Gamble, the world's biggest advertiser, has said that digital ads are annoying people with too much frequency. So, digital media, stick your algorithms up your... Anyway, radio is different. The average listener tunes in for over 21 hours every week. Your potential customers are listening right now. Grow your business with Love Sport Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Parkinson. The Los Tablers is the UK's leading youth cricket and disability sports charity. And now, the official charity partner of Love Sport Radio. The charity's mission is to enhance the lives of disadvantaged and disabled young people through sport. Last year, the Lowe's Taverners donated over 4 million quid to help young people of all backgrounds and abilities to get involved with sport. To find out more, to see how you can get involved, visit lowestaverners.org. You love your sport, but it can be a pain organising it. Endless phone calls, emails and text messages, organising players and collecting money can all be a headache. What you need is Teamer.net, the free sports app that'll help you manage your team's events, communicate effectively as a team, and now you can collect money simply and securely via Teamer payments. Relied upon by 2 million members, Teamer is available for free on desktop, Android and iPhone. Imagine what it's like to be a road worker on a motorway. Please drive carefully through roadworks. 558 AM. Love Sport. Thank you once again to Joby McEnough for joining us here on the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio, former Palace and Watford winger, predicting a 1-0 win. For you boys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It sounds realistic. Um, we've kept many clean sheets yeah. this season. And I think it's a good shout. I think it's going to be probably a tight game, isn't it, this one? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. I, I, don't, I don't really see it being, yeah, as you said, um, in goal fest. It'll be a matter of who really scores first. Mm. I think um, if Palace need to make sure that they do start with urgency and don't sit back. But, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I'm confident after... Uh, the Wolves result and also the Grimsby result is a bonus as well so it is a game that I'm looking forward to hopefully we can win hopefully the, the, there's some residue from the victory over Man City as well that's going to give us some confidence yeah it'll be uh, also <laughs> Man City yeah that, that confidence that's it's always going to remain I think till the end of the season and even when we got Tottenham in the FA Cup for instance I said but we beat Man City if we can beat Man City it can beat anyone so mm. yeah but the thing is though I mean Leicester have had this, the same problems <laughs> because we beat Man City and, and then, then we, we, lose, we lose to you we lose to Cardiff we lose to Newport the, the, the certain ways that certain Premier League sides and I think Crystal Palace can go in the same category as Leicester you're, you're better suited Against to playing Leipzig. other sides yeah exactly and then for, for Leicester basically the Love Sport office if you got 11 men behind the ball Leicester couldn't break you down <laughs> honestly we're that yeah. bad but if you play Manchester City and they attack you we've got a better chance against them I know it sounds completely ludicrous I mean I always knew we were going to struggle against Newport particularly when they scored first because we can't break teams down so Crystal Palace do you think 
at home against someone like Watford, I actually think you're probably quite well suited to them because the thing with Watford is, is you look at other Premier League sides, like you maybe your, your Huddersfields, maybe your Newcastles, um, Cardiffs, various others. They'd go to Great Selhurst pluralizing. Park. Well done. Uh-huh. <laughs> they'd go to Selhurst Park and they'd sit in. You know, they'd, they'd try to keep it tight and then, you know, like almost Palace and just try to score from a particular opportunity and then go from there Watford aren't going to play like that I don't think Watford will go and they'll be positive and they'll be quite open and I think that would suit Crystal Palace do you not think? Yeah I think it will because I'm not worried about um, teams coming and attacking us at home Um, Mm. what I'm more worried about as you said is teams sitting back because even against Grimsby when they did have 10 men we struggled to break them down yeah so if Watford do come at, come at us I'm, I'm fairly confident because we've got more than capable um, enough defenders um, you know, to cope with all the attack they bring us so I'm not I'm not worried about it for that fact I just uh, I think it'll be a matter of if Wilf plays out, out wide or up front he played out wide against Wolves um, and he looked more confident there so hopefully Roy keeps him out wide and if he does then I'm confident because w- um, Wilf always decides to turn it up against Watford um, due to they pre- hate him don't yeah, they due, yeah due to that and also the previous history like the playoffs and so yeah I think it's, it's a good game because yeah, he game. won the penalty didn't he that Kevin Phillips slotted away yeah so and um, last time uh, Watford came to our ground I remember Watford fans just constantly abusing Wilf and he scored that was it uh, no it was Maka that scored that last minute goal yeah which we won how is Wilf reacting to that though because obviously that when you talk about the Watford fans do it I'm sure lots of the fans do it as well they do is, is it is it like Wayne Rooney back in the day um, Cristiano Ronaldo as well when he was getting the boost does it actually spur the Wilf on and make him better or is it affecting him uh, I think some games it does make him better some games it does affect him it's, what really affects Wilf is um, players um, fouling him he he just has this attitude problem, which he has slightly improved. I find uh, it over, strange. He though. has improved, but he he likes to like players on purpose foul Wilf. Mm. Uh, you know, but he the, must have had that his entire life, right? He has. I mean, if you're Cristiano Ronaldo, for instance, I know he, 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 similarities and differences. <laughs> but if you're growing Ronaldo. up in Portugal and playing for Sport in Lisbon and playing in that league. It's very rare you get tackled like you do in the Premier League. So when he did come to the Premier League, and I remember his debut against Bolton, and Nicky Hunt was kicking him left, right and centre, that would have been a massive culture shock for him yeah. and would take a huge amount of getting used to. Wilfred Zaha has not had those same issues. He's always been playing in the Premier League. He grew up in Crystal Palace Academy. You know, he's always been that good, that skillful. So why at his age? What is he, mid to late 20s now? Mid 20s? Yeah, I think 20, yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd probably kind of be learning to shrug that off a little bit by now I think you not think yeah but it's more down to uh, just individual case I think there's other players who don't react to it and they're, they're, there's players like Wilf and also you look at Dele Alli you can class him as another course, player who, who um, you know, yeah, it's never just one player of course yeah but he hasn't improved over time but Watford will definitely try mm. foul Wilf and get him annoyed and what Wilf needs to do is don't don't react to it just show it on the pitch and I think it was against Cardiff um, he just reacted to like Cardiff players um, fouling constantly and he just uh, sometimes he can, he can get the better of him and 
his focus has changed from the game to focusing on actual position yeah. defenders and trying trying to beat them one on one. So let's talk about Watford. They've had a good season, sat in eighth at the moment, just one point behind Leicester in seventh, not a million miles away from United in sixth. Um, I mean, perhaps a little bit inconsistent, but I mean, by no means a criticism of them. I mean, have you been impressed, Nick, by Watford? Are they doing better than you would have thought this season? Yeah, a little bit, but then what are they in this second or third season? They've had a, yeah, they've, well, I think in fourth. They've had a few now. Fourth? Yeah, they've had, yeah, obviously, you think of all the managers. They've had, obviously, they had started the season with Silva, started the season with Kike Sanchez Flores, they had Walter Zari, and the first season, I'm not sure who they had when they initially came up. I think they're in the fourth. So yeah. they've, they've been here a little while now. They're part of the furniture. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, um, they, they've got. Um, who's that guy who used to play for Everton? Delefeu has been an interesting one he's, he's yeah. looks like he's found a home at Watford yeah. he's playing really well they're playing him actually through the middle as well just off either success or, or, or Dini as the striker and for me Delefeu is his, his performances at the moment for Watford this season I do the Watford fan show here on, on Love Sport yeah. are as good if not better than what Richarlison was doing for Watford last season and when you consider they sold him for 50 and bought Delefeu for 7 it's a very very good model they've got going on they're picking up some young players like um, who was um, like Joby said earlier on they've got uh, almost a strange way of doing their transfers you don't, you don't even hear of them signing these players but before you know it they're in the starting lineup and they're good enough for the Premier League yeah they've, they've improved over time definitely um but if if you're looking at um, last time we faced them this season, yeah, um, they they got the better of us when we were away at Watford. It was a really bad game, and um, looking ahead to this one, I think we've improved over over that period of time. And if Watford have that attitude that we beat them last time, so we can do the same thing, then it will be a benefit to us. So hopefully they do, and I just I just hope that. Whoever plays up front, it might be Jordan Ayew. Um, he keeps up his form because um, he's got two goals now in two games, mm. and that'll be important as well. Because top scorer this year, <laughs> top scorer this year. <laughs> so you can't rely on Will for loan. No, let's I talk about the team selection up. though. Are you in line maybe to start? I mean, he scored in back-to-back games. It's going to be hard or maybe harsh to yeah. drop him. Nick, what changes, if any, would you make from the win over Wolves? Or who would you like to see coming in particular? I'd like to see Wickham start just to get the game time, but I, I still don't think he's, he's fully um, match fit yet. Um, Wilf, I think, would be better on the wing, um, especially when he's cutting in into the box, because that's when he was winning most of his penalties. Um, Royal probably keep it as it, it, as it was mm. for the last couple of games. I mean, I was very surprised when Wilf and um, Townsend started against Grimsby because I thought they would have been rested. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'll start Jordan Ayew up front. Um, I don't know about Max Meyer. Um, possibly start him. But I think if we go with the same lineup against Wolves. Um, go with the right mentality I think we can get a result yeah well let's have some quick score predictions from, from you both please Nick and DR Nick you first it's about time we scored a few goals so I'm going to go with 3-1 Palace ok I'm going with 1-0 Palace I'm Milijojevic uh, Zaha Zaha <laughs> 90th minute goal I think it'll be 1-0 Milijojevic with a penalty uh, yeah, that's always a possibility with Maluka. It'll be a tight game. <laughs> uh, chaps, look, as always, absolute pleasure having you in the studio. Enjoy the Watford game, and we shall see you next week here at the same time on Love Sport Radio. Love's.
sport. I love my brother. We do fun things like playing together. I like having hugs with Freddie. Freddie gives the best hugs. Freddie used to be very poorly. And the doctor said he might need a new liver. Then one day, a very nice person gave their liver to Freddie. It was amazing. We were so happy. Now he's around to give me more hugs than ever. Tell your family you want to save lives. To find out more, visit organdonation.nhs.uk. If you're in business, I bet you hate wasting money. We Do Taxi Tops can help you achieve minimum wastage on your advertising costs and maximum exposure. Our revolutionary taxi tops can target your potential customers in the right place at the right time. So your message has the greatest potential for making an impact. We Do Taxi Tops. Visit wedoh.com. We do. The smarter, quicker way of advertising in London, supporting London businesses of all sizes. As Spokesman said.com is a leading price comparison website that allows you to compare every energy tariff on the market in seconds. We have more deals than any other comparison website offering energy prices, and our impartial independent switching service is free of charge. Nearly 50% of UK households have switched bills, and there are hundreds to be saved. Visit as Spokesman said.com and make sure you have the best energy deal in place before winter arrives. As recommended in The Guardian, The Times and The Sun, as Spokesman said.com. 1.7 seconds. It's over in a flash. This is the average view time of a video ad on a mobile device. Money worth spent, don't you think? Mark Pritchard, Chief Brand Officer of Procter & Gamble, the world's biggest advertiser, has said that digital ads are annoying people with too much frequency. So, digital media, stick your algorithms up your... Anyway, radio is different. The average listener tunes in for over 21 hours every week. Your potential customers are listening right now. Grow your business with Love Sport Radio. Change for Life is about small changes we can make to be healthier. For loads of ideas to cut back fat, watch the salt, make sugar swaps or get you five a day, just search online for Change for Life. Thank you very much to Crystal Palace, uh, Nick and DR for the last couple of hours. Good luck um, for their Watford uh, game. Uh, by the way, half-time in the game at Wembley is 1-0 to Spurs, a Harry Kane penalty, courtesy of VAR. We all decided in the studio it was the correct decision. But anyway, up next here on Love Sport Radio is the QPR Fan Show. We've got the guys from Ranger Things, Gav, Gareth and Julian for their first show of 2019. We're going to talk about that FA Cup win. Finally, also the January transfer window and the championship. But up first, it's your news. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.